The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket and welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe retrospective Endgame discussion. This is where we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame that came out April 26, 2019. First things first, if you have not seen this movie yet, do not listen to this episode. There will be spoilers. I wanted to give you some time to think about that (laughs) before you make a dumbass decision and keep listening to this episode. There will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, turn this episode off. Come back and listen to it once you've seen the movie. Also, the movie's been out for weeks. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, get your life together. Seriously. How many times have you seen it, Chrome? Uh, I've seen it four times. Wow. In four days. Get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, my name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What's up, Jason? Not much. How about you? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? Uh, nice, cold McLeod Ultra. Great. Also with us today is Mugga. How you doing, Mugs? What's up, Kerwin? Uh, what are you drinking today? Golden Road Wolf Pup. And some wine. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> Are we gonna talk about the tequila that we all have also? Because it's Cinco de Mayo right now. We can talk it? about that too. Uh, TJ, what is up, man? How's it going? I'm great. What are you drinking today? I am also drinking Wolf Pup, but no wine. Do you want some? No thanks. Justin's back with us. Justin, what's up? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking the Golden Road Mango Cart. Cool. And Dominic is here. What up, Dominic? Get tal, Coleman? I'm great. Estoy bien, tú? Muy bien. Oh, I like this. Great, great. ¿Qué estás bebiendo? Uh, uh, I am drinking a uh, Golden Road Mango Card. What about you? Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking, I, I, I probably butchered my Spanish, but yeah, Modelo and a tequila shot. All right, <laughs> great. Also, uh, rounding up the panel today is Bling. What's up, Bling? What's going on, Karan? What are you drinking today? I am drinking a Bitha Root Beer from Louisiana and wow. a tequila shot. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's delicious. We're in the end game now. <laughs> <laughs> that was one for oh, you. I got, I got that one. Right. <laughs> eating. All right, so uh, we are going to talk about Avengers Endgame. We're not going to do the tequila shot right now. Can we just get this over with? All right, yeah, yeah. All right, so. Cinco de Mayo, tequila shots. Toast it up. Here we go. To MCU. To the MCU. And Cinco de Mayo. And Cinco de Mayo, yes. <laughs> yes. Cheers. Cheers. TJ, get your shot. TJ's refusing to do his shot. (laughs) So uh, this is your last warning. We are talking about Avengers Endgame. If you have not seen this movie, do not listen to this podcast unless you hate yourself. So get into Avengers Endgame. It is the uh, second to last movie in phase three. Uh, We know that Spider-Man Far From Home got added a couple weeks ago. So getting into Avengers Endgame, uh, it was released April 26, 2019, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. Once again, it stars everybody. 95% of critics liked it, giving it an average score of 8.29 out of 10. 90% of the audience liked it, giving it an average score of 4.6 out of 5 on Rotten Tomatoes. The budget was reportedly, uh, I don't know if this number is uh, final at this point, but the budget was reportedly $356 million. Uh, it made $357 million its opening weekend in the U.S., its total domestic gross so far, uh, as of uh, Sunday, May fifth, twenty nineteen, is six hundred and nineteen million, and its current worldwide gross as of May fifth, twenty nineteen, is two point two billion. Thoughts on Avengers Endgame? Wow! Wow! <laughs> Whoa! Thank you for listening to Twenty Dollar Ticket. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> 
All right, guys, so we're going to do this a little different. Uh, we're only talking about one movie this time, so we are going to do it in the review format, kind of. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to kick it off with our experience. So uh, we all kind of saw it together, you know, uh, everybody here except Justin. Justin, we know you saw it at a later date. What's everybody's general experience with this movie? TJ, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, so I saw the movie twice. First night on preview night, uh, great. You know, the energy was alive in the theater. We saw it in 3D, which uh, I don't, you know, we don't see a lot of movies in 3D. So I thought it was really great. Um, great seats, center of the theater. And just like I said, the energy was like so impactful for this film for me. When I saw it a week later in non-3D and sat further back so that I could kind of take more in, the energy was just not there, you know? So I, I think it really dawned on me uh, how important it is to like see these kinds of films with people who also enjoy them uh, so that the energy is like alive and people are like applauding and laughing and it's just, it's like a good experience when everyone else is enjoying themselves. All right, Muggs, what about you? So I was with, you know, all you guys. We went out for drinks right before, had food and all that stuff. Dave and Buster's, right? Um, and we had in our little group chat, hey, if you have to go to the bathroom, here's when you go. We had already done the research. You know, yeah. Kyle hit us with that. Hey, if you see the word San Francisco or what's the other one? Uh, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. You got to go, You got to right? go then. So I'm kind of like, all right, I'm cool. I know when to go to the bathroom. When we go in... And I realized like we're dead in the middle and it's, there's either, it's a packed the, house. and I'm like, I can't leave. I was nervous. I mean, granted, yes, the experience was great. The jokes when everyone's laughing, the, the emotions that happen when a character comes back on screen was all great. But I do remember like scared as fuck to go to the bathroom because TJ, yeah. Kyle went to the bathroom, didn't come back to he our seats. He said he got so many dirty responses <laughs> as he left. So I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm not, yeah. I'm not fucking leaving. And, you know what? <laughs> in the, in the leaving. beginning, because of course you, you say, okay, I'm going to go to the restroom. Yeah. I'm not going to have to go. And then of course, as soon as you sit down in the middle of the theater, you're, you're like, like I got to pee. <laughs> I got to pee. But, but hey, I got none of us, none of us went to the bathroom. No, Kyle did. Kyle. He owes us shots for it because that was a bet. But yeah, I, I sat through the whole yeah, movie. He had to, yeah, he had to sit on the floor like yeah. next to the handicap seat for the rest of the movie, I think, because he didn't want to go back. No, it was, a, it was a great experience. Yeah, it was 10 o'clock, everyone that was there, but I remember specifically like, I'm not getting up, you know? Yeah. yeah that was my experience. All right, Jason, what about your experience? So yeah, obviously we all went together, so pretty similar to you guys. I mean, I'm not a big fan of 3D. I, I did like watching this in 3D. I liked being dead center of the, the theater. It was awesome. I just felt like the aisles were super narrow. So kind of like how these guys are saying, I was like saying, holy shit, if I got to pee, I'm fucked. Yeah. So I'm like, uh. And it's IMAX theater. So it's very steep too, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just like, and like, so I had this one IPA. So I'm like, I'm just going to sit this as slow as I can. And I literally did. I, I took my time and it got kind of warm, but I was like, screw it. I'm not going to drink this fast. I know I'll have to go pee. But the one thing about my experience that I will not forget was there was this little kid and he got up like right before the big battle scene. Yeah. And I felt <laughs> so bad. He went to the restroom and I'm like, I could anticipate it coming. And like when he left, I was like, I felt so bad because I feel like he was really stoked to see the movie. And he got up and left. And I was like, holy shit, he missed like the whole first half of this battle. And I was like, gosh darn, that's such a bummer. But I mean, I had a great experience. It was cool seeing 3D. Um, I like being dead center. I mean, where was that little kid at? I didn't see that. He, was he sick, walked right by us. And then he, us, when he came up. in, he went through the other side yeah, because he didn't um, want to go through the same people twice. Yeah. Which the is biggest a, this thing, kid's a genius. Genius. Who would have thought. Either, you know, but, but the only thing, poor guy, but like 
obviously you have to pee, you have to pee. Like I get it. But he was like, sorry, so sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Really like nice just, about it. But also talking through the entire thing. Like just yeah. walk and go, just leave. <laughs> Keep yeah, your mouth shut. Was nice. No, I, mean, I know. It he was, was trying really, to be polite. Yeah. yeah, he didn't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> I was just about to say that too. That's <laughs> fucking bullshit. Well, I Kevin, mean, what was your experience? I mean, if you're not number one, you could be number two. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. TJ, we're in all second right. now. Damn it. <laughs> um, my experience, you know, we all went together. One of the things. Which, thank you for setting that up. You're yes, the one that got the Corinne, tickets. You got I would have never that. thought thank about you. it. Yeah. It's a real MVP. Especially yeah. knowing that the yeah. theaters were sold out for like a week after this film came out. Like, you're the true MVP. You know, speaking of that, let's go back in time. Like, I remember waking up at six in the morning on I forget what day it was but it was the day tickets went on sale like I woke up for work and you know how you play on your phone on social media I go on Twitter because that's what I do in the morning and immediately it's like Avengers Endgame tickets on sale now I see the ad from Marvel Studios hop on Fandango immediately at 6am and I'm just like fuck it I'm buying six tickets I bought six tickets without thinking of who I'm gonna invite and then I was like shit let me buy three more because I was just like let me just buy as many as I can so I bought two batches of tickets in case people flake that way I can just get a refund, yeah. you know? And so then I started texting people, <laughs> do you want to come? I was just like, I just need to buy tickets. And then I just text all you guys, see if you guys were down, you guys were. Um, so that was great. Then I heard later on that Fandango had crashed and people were like stuck waiting for hours on Adam and Fandango and AMC and Regal trying to buy their tickets. So I'm glad I, I bought that. As far as 3D goes, I don't like 3D personally but that was the only time I could find that we could all make for yeah. IMAX. So my apologies for the 3D. Like, I'm Oh, I, I, yeah. no, no, not at all. I had a massive headache when the movie was over. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah, yeah like I, I drove home. I do have to take the glasses off every once in a while, but... I thought it was fine. Yeah. yeah, it was it was cool to watch. It's just for three hours straight though. Yeah, and, that's the thing. And it's on a big ass screen, and yeah. you're right in front of it. Like I, I had like a massive headache like the next morning for a couple hours. But yeah, um, you know my experience was great. The the energy was electric. I loved it. I loved you know standing up in the crowd and shouting and you know just being part of this like family that has seen all these movies. But I loved it. Once again, I feel bad for the kid because he left before the yeah, final battle, like you said, yeah. Jay. But um, um, shout out to Dave and Buster's. Look, Dave and Buster's, I'm not going to slander you on our podcast. Oh, yeah. But um, you're, <laughs> the guy serving us disappeared for a half an hour. Wow, must have been affected by the snap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we, we had to like travel around the entire like premises yeah. just to find this dude. And then we're just like, fuck it. I got to ask the bartender to, to take our tab. Like we got to go. Yeah, we're, we're almost late. So that's well, that's my... Oh, one, one quick thing too, just to add, Kerwin bought all these tickets and uh, for us and I remember seeing on eBay that they were selling for thousands and thousands of dollars. One... One ticket alone was selling for a hundred grand at one point. That's insane. For opening night. And yes, I had this crazy long story, but I kind of told Kerwin too, I was like, hey man, if you need to sell these, like go ahead. Like yeah. I'll see you another day. Like if you can make some cash, but I just. In my mind, I've been on him right away. I was like, I already paid for it. I'm going to sell it. Teach, I'm right if you make a profit. Because right when I saw that, I was like, okay, Kerwin, I just demoed you right now. Because I can sell my ticket Don't for try 10 to upsell grand, me, bro. I'm going to do it right now. Well, technically you can't because they're bought in a group. So you wouldn't be able to. I still would have tried, Kerwin. But, you know, either way, I, I think based on our experience, I don't think any amount of money could compare to the loving feelings we had for each other in that Aww. film in the theater. Aww. Yeah. 
I mean, ten grand would have done it for me, but well, that's fine. You right. had me at a thousand. <laughs> Justin, how was your experience? Uh, yeah, so much to my detriment. I actually had to miss the showing with you guys again, Crowen. Thank you so much for inviting me, but I had to work. Uh, I caught it at about midnight on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Uh, energy was good, full theater, but it just nothing compares to that opening night, like you guys are saying. Uh, just everyone laughing at the jokes, the energy, everyone you know shouting out when the exciting moments happen. Yeah, nothing can beat that. But uh, but yeah, it was an okay experience, and luckily I did not have an issue with having to pee. I made sure I went right before it, right after it, and uh, I didn't drink for like an hour, anything before that, just yeah. to kind of liquid fast, if you will, knowing that this was going to be three hours long. So I got lucky there. All right, Dominic, tell us about your experience. So I saw in game with everyone, saw with the whole gang. You know, sex is cool, baby. We got a text from your boy, you know, saying he got tickets for the preview night. No better feeling than that. <laughs> Wow. Okay. You okay. ever seen those memes? Yeah. Yeah. We seen the memes. Uh-huh. I'm laughing. But now it was a good experience. It went with everyone. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I'm just going to keep going. All right. That's fine. Oh, keep going. Keep it going. Keep going. No, no, no. It was good. Uh, I was really hesitant about drinking at Dave and Buster's because, I, you yeah. know, of course, you I wanted the pee. length of the movie. Yeah. And I didn't want to have to pee or shit, you know, throughout the whole thing. So. <laughs> I was really hesitant. I had like one beer, you know, we walked over there and so, and then I just got a water and I milked that shit to like the whole thing. So yeah, you didn't even eat, right? No, nah, I didn't eat. I, I didn't I, eat. I, I didn't want to risk want, it. Do you I didn't want some what I have or do you want to order something? You're like, no, nah, man. No, nah, I think I had some of your fries. Or... I had some of your fries. Oh, okay, I remember okay. that, but yeah, so I wasn't you... about to devour anything uh, heavy. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Bling, what was your experience? Uh, so yeah, I got to see. I'm kind of upset you didn't dress up. I I know you dressed I, up before. I, I heard. did, but I like it, it, I knew it was gonna be like just a packed house. And sure enough, when we saw preview night, it, like I tried to park in the theater parking at like seven o'clock. We our show didn't show up till ten, and like it was couldn't park there, so uh, had to park in the parking lot next uh, at the mall. But yeah, it was it, such a great experience seeing on preview night because everybody's excited. I mean, once the trailers are over and everyone just starts like getting pumped up for it. Um, but yeah, preview night was amazing. Like energy was there. When I saw it on Saturday the second time, the energy from the crowd wasn't there. I don't know if maybe it's just, just like me where we were seeing it for the second or third time. But um, yeah, definitely if you if you have to see a big movie such as this, if you can't see it on preview night. Um, I know you guys, a lot of you guys mentioned like trying not to go to the bathroom. I already made the decision. I brought a sweater. I told you guys, hey. Wait. Be careful with your words right <laughs> yeah. now. I Where are you a, going with this? I, I brought a sweater and I says, hey guys, if you see this wrapped around my waist at the end of the theater, that means I win. <laughs> I said be careful with your words. <laughs> so I can't confirm or deny that the sweater was wrapped around my waist, but we'll just say I was prepared. What the fuck? <laughs> so so do, we, do we still not know if you... I'm, I'm not going to confirm or deny. I don't... Like, so you went. Just say, just no, say you did or you didn't. You're a grown man. Yeah, no. just tell us you did or you didn't. No, I didn't. We all friends here. We're in a trust tree. Come on. <laughs> no, but I was prepared. I, I was prepared. I was not. I knew when I, once I sat down, I was not going to go to the bathroom. You were ready to piss your pants for end. Game. I was the I ultimate was ready sacrifice to do it for, the, for the end game. Yes. 
Right. It was inevitable. Yeah. Some, <laughs> Just some, like Thanos. Yeah. Some of us uh, pee in our pants, but not us. Just playing. <laughs> not I us. Guess. Yeah. Can yeah. I bring up one thing, though? Yeah, go ahead. Man. Who had to work the next morning? Because I was tired as well, hell. Well, it was Thursday night. I, we all had to work. Oh, so, oh, no. like so you guys off. took it off. No, I took it off. I took Friday off. See what I'm saying? Bullshit, right? You guys all took it off. I think you and I teach the only ones that work. Bro, I requested... Friday off like three months in advance. <laughs> what? Three months in advance, I requested Friday off. It's a special occasion. Yeah, I took a personal holiday. Oh, I man. love how we were just planning our trip, crew, and you're like, "Well, I gotta save my days, guys." But you took it off the next day of Endgame. Like, yeah. Priorities, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. And then I saw it the next day. So yeah, it was. Harry, cool. I took care of it. <laughs> Pit gulps, huh? See you later. <laughs> cool. So now we're going to get into uh, talking about the movie itself. Uh, once again, now we're going to get into spoilers. So this is your last warning. If you have not seen this movie, skip this episode. There are going to be spoilers moving forward. So the movie's divided into three parts. We're going to divide it into three parts, talking about everything leading up to just before time travel, the entire time travel section of the movie, and then the final battle section of the movie towards the end. So starting off with the beginning of the movie, well, the movie opens up with Hawkeye. Right? Yeah. So Hawkeye's Great opening scene. Amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Because it explains, like you said, he was he wasn't he was non existent in Infinity War. He was kind of like Yeah, you he know, took the plea deal. Yeah, he took um, the deal, he was with his family, he he, he wasn't even but well, it's crazy that you say that because we just watched a video where that scene was technically supposed to be in Infinity War, or am I wrong on that or Yeah, I guess I guess um a proposed plan was to have that Hawkeye scene initiating the whole yeah. everyone turns to Yeah, like right after Thanos snaps, you're supposed to have that Hawkeye scene in Infinity War and then you start seeing oh. like, everyone go everybody die. But I don't think that would have worked out. Me well, either. And I'm telling you, okay, so we were talking about experience in a sense, and we didn't bring this up, but that scene's there. And you're, you're kind of wondering what's going on. And then you see them go to dust in the very background, right? The entire theater was just like, oh. You well, know the I mean? other thing, too, is you don't really know what time period we're in yet. Yeah. You know, you don't realize what, where we're at from a timeline perspective. It kind of sets you up for it. You so know? the yeah. fact that, like, it happens when it does, it's like, oh, shit, we're, we're right after the snap. Yeah, and the movie doesn't tell you they're starting. Like, it, no. it's literally, yeah. it just starts. Like, you go from a trailer to IMAX that. experience to Hawkeye on a farm and we didn't realize the movie had started people were still talking until you saw Jeremy Renner pop mm-hmm. up I thought the, I thought that was only one because I was like this already started this is crazy I, I was waiting for yeah. some big Marvel I yeah, they, no skipped, Marvel they skipped the Marvel scene. intro they did it after yeah. that scene yeah. 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 it was like, yeah. Yeah. It was like 20 minutes it. in yeah. before you actually yeah. got the end game sort of like intro thing yeah. oh yeah that's true yeah because you have uh, you have the whole scene with Hawkeye on the farm which is great by the way that scene carries the same kind of weight that you felt from the end tag from Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah. but times 10 Infinity War ends on a downer but this movie starts on a downer it, like, it really well, plugs it you in to like hey in get ready spot. to get right back into that yeah. state of mind of like what we're in right now you know it's like yeah. a good way to continue to like pick up where we left off yeah. and like Mugga said like bring us back into this place of like oh people are gone a lot of people no. right yeah. I, I don't know man I love that there's no music and it just cuts you can hear like a storm in the background like that, that big yeah. ominous boom or whatever that mm-hmm. you hear in Wakanda from the last movie and then it's Hawkeye center frame in this big open field and you just see in the back just a little bit of like just disintegration yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's, it's pretty intense it was crazy and then um, right after that we get into Tony Stark and Nebula on the ship on the Guardian ship what is the name of the Guardian ship 
It's not uh, the Milano because the, the Milano Sparrow. got no, no, no. The no, Milano no. got no. destroyed, didn't yeah. it? It's called something else in these movies. Oh, I don't know I them. Know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we'll fit. One of y'all know. <laughs> Email us. Fuck it. Yeah. But um, yeah, like they're on the Guardian ship and he's with Nebula, which is cool. And um, you kind of see that they've been floating around for I think what twenty two days is what he says. Twenty three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of puts it in perspective uh, as far as where we where we're starting off in the movie. Mm-hmm. They also too introduce the comedy right away, right? Don't they? Yeah. Like where he's playing uh, what? Uh, paper football. football. Paper, yeah. What was yeah. it called? Paper football. Paper football, football and all yeah. that stuff yeah. and he's like, ta- it was kind of, yeah, because you're yeah. like, okay, Trying we kind of see humor. the tone of the yeah. movie already being set right then and there. Yeah. Then he goes to the recording though on his helmet and then you're just like, which, which we saw in the trailer. Set, yeah. yeah, you're like, fuck, man. And if you pay attention, like, they kind of do a montage of what they've been going through when he's leaving that message for Pepper, like, oh, yeah. we, you know, reverse charge the the pieces of the ship Rushing or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and you can kind of see him, you know, being appearing more and more emaciated as time Which, goes yeah. on. Yeah. By the time he leaves the message, you see, like, through his tank his top bones. that he's just... He's frail. Spent. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's frail, done. Yeah. He's, like, super weak. You, you can tell, like, he's been... Yeah, you offered Drifting Nebula over. food. I, I didn't Month. see Captain Marvel. Did you guys know that she was going to be the one to go out there no, and save no. him? Or no, no. There were a Just, lot of theories prior to, like, after the first trailer came out. Number one, they make you they make you think that, like, Tony and Nebula is going to be stuck out there for a lot longer than they yeah. actually are. Not just, like, timeline-wise, but also movie-wise. It was only, like, five minutes, right? Yeah. But there was one theory that I read that said, like, oh, Captain Marvel will save them, mm-hmm. which I thought was... Yeah, I, I really liked, too, how they kind of... You know, because Nebula's been very like sadistic in the Guardians films, mm-hmm. and she kind of you know becomes on the on the the, the superhero sides like near the end of Volume One or so Volume Two, and then even but she had a small role in Infinity War, and then you see here she's kind of becoming more humanized, like she's interacting with Tony. Uh, she even helps Tony up into his chair, like so you can see like she's kind of switching from that sadistic villain yeah. that we we got introduced to in the first Guardians film. I got to say this right off the bat: there's a lot of great performances in this movie, but Karen Gillan. Great. Yeah. I thought she was fucking great in this movie. Having to play two versions of herself. She was yeah. a major plot point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. like in the comic, Nebula yeah. has a ma- has a major deal in that uh, storyline, but I love that they gave her time to shine. I feel like everybody in the previous movie that didn't have time to shine got time to shine in Endgame. Yeah. Did you like the whole fact that like he gets off being saved and, all that, and he still just has that resentment towards Captain America. Oh yeah, I love it, dude. I, I, mean, I like that. it, but here's the thing: like he's mad that Captain wasn't there. Like you never called him. Like he, you, you didn't he press was, yeah. call on that phone. Yeah. Like Bruce it's Banner pride, had to. It's ego. That's yeah, all like, so, that Tony Stark. But, I mean, but I get it. Ego right there, man. Yeah, yeah because uh, it's it's like and we the, said the last movie. Like you're not willing to do what it takes mm-hmm. to, exactly. to take care of shit, and he wasn't willing to get over his resentment towards Steve to call him immediately. Because even Banner says like. You know, Thanos, you know, for what he knew, killed Thor, and Thor's the strongest Avenger, and he's coming here for two uh, Infinity Stones, and he's like, it doesn't matter what your relationship is with anybody, you need a fucking call, Steve, yeah. now. Yeah. Like, and even the callback to, like, the, the line, like, what if we lose? Well, we'll do that together, too. And then saying, like, well, we didn't. You weren't here. I, I was on my own. But also, Iron Man didn't know what, like, they did in Wakanda, either. No, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but but I I, I right, love right, how. Wait, yeah. Hold on, real quick. I'm also Team Cap, so fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. He was also feeling really upset that he lost Spider Man. Oh yeah, like yeah. that. I saw right away. Yeah. That's the first thing he says. I lost the kid. Well, I yeah. think it's that thing of when you're grieving, like you need to find someone to blame, something right. to blame. And what are like the really five con- stages of grief or whatever? Right, yeah. and it's really convenient just to have Cap there, especially like right when Tony shows back up. 
Cap's still serious, all business. He's still like, did he tell you anything? Any clues? Any, I'm like, trying to find him, yeah. Right, almost like he's unaffected, whereas Iron Man's literally coming off this loss of losing sort of his child figure in his life. Yeah. He's he defeated he right there. Yeah, yeah, no, he was broken, especially... When he's starving. Right, yeah, and to me, like you guys said, he looked very weak in the ship, especially when he got back and he was in yeah. a wheelchair. To me, I don't know if he starved himself to lose X amount of weight, but yeah, he just looked beaten, defeated, right. mesh, emaciated. It's just, yeah. And so. he takes off his arc reactor and says, you know, I'm done, almost like he's quitting. He's like, I'm you do it no he took it off and he said um, he's like you find Thanos you You put this on him and you you take cover you hide because I think that thing is like some sort of nuclear blast something Mm, like he's like you take this you find him you put it on him and you fucking hide because it's gonna go off and that was his only advice to Steve he's just like I can't help you because Steve says like you fought him right and Tony's like fought him like who told you that I didn't fight him I got my face wiped with a planet there was no fight I got my ass kicked then he brings up like you weren't there what the fuck you weren't there and that and I love that they bring up a lot of the relationship stuff from the previous movies like yeah as as much as Tony likes Steve that resentment is still there from Age of Ultron and from Civil War and I I do like that Captain Marvel showing up we saw Captain Marvel oh yeah yeah um I'm gonna say this right now I wish Captain Marvel had more to do yeah cause I feel like her movie was rushed so that she could just be in this one and I kind of feel like when Nick Fury sends a fucking phone call out for Captain Marvel to show up, I expect her to do more in a film. Like, you don't let that be your end tag in Infinity War and then let it be the end tag in Captain Marvel. And then she shows up for two fight scenes and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And a conference call. Like, I didn't feel like they utilized her well enough, yeah. personally. I guess she's OP and you got to send her off so that she doesn't, you know, destroy the plot. You know, it's for the sake of the plot. I do like the scene where she sees Nick Fury's been killed. And she does have that emotional reaction. I wish there was some sort of reunion between her and Fury, at least at Tony's funeral. But when this movie's made before Captain Marvel, uh, you're not privy to a lot of that stuff. Right. So that I think, relationship hasn't been fleshed out yet. Yeah, and I think this movie, her character's kind of a victim of her movie not being done before this movie. Like, we don't know who she is. And even Brie Larson said she had no idea what to do with the character because she hopped on set and just did things yeah. with nobody, even having no idea what her own movie was going to be like. So, right, yeah, not seeing Captain Marvel personally. Like all I remember is you know the end scene in Infinity War, and you see the pager. So I'm expecting, I was expecting a lot, a lot more from Captain Marvel. I feel like I was wanting more. I, I was impressed with her character, the power, and I thought I was going to get a lot more. I guess I don't know. I was kind of disappointed we didn't get more from her. But like you said, it kind of makes sense that they rushed her movie to kind of you know throw her in this. I also think, though, like, from a story perspective, like, if she's, like, the strongest Avenger, if she can do anything she wants, like, having her there the whole time, it, like, removes the need to, like, have a lot of this conflict that we do see. Mm-hmm. And I think that we we saw that in, like, Infinity War and not introducing her and uh, making sure that, like, the Hulk couldn't come out. And there was a certain direction that they took so that there could actually be a movie and it couldn't just yeah. end in one fight or It's like whatever. a weird balance. Yeah. It like, is. It yeah. really is. And plus, yeah. it, that was like a weird back and forth I had when thinking about this because, yeah, I also definitely wanted more of her, wanted her to be more part of it. But yet, this was also sort of their final moment as this team as we know it. This yeah. was everything, the moment that they went to, it's moments that they all knew, but she would have been a little alien to, you know. Yeah. Uh, she wasn't involved with any of this. Um and it felt like to make her more involved, it would have taken away from where they wanted to go with the story. And again, like it, I very much wanted more of her, and I agree. But I, don't, I think the way they handled it might have been the best, just because you know, going forward, we're going to get more of her. She's going to be a more huge part. 
Um, it just, I also couldn't see any way that they could have brought in any more than they did with her just because this being the final one with our team that we've got so far. Mm-hmm. But it did feel like a good way to integrate her uh, to, you know, moving forward, sort of carry the torch as the new sort of team leader, which I'm hoping is the mantle she, she takes up going forward in the next phases as the next cap, the next Iron Man, if you, uh, you know, what have you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I think in this movie, she plays the Thor role. Like, let's be real, in Age of Ultron, you got to send Thor away because he's too OP. And he could easily take Ultron by himself at the early stages of his development. So you have to send him away. And I, I kind of feel like that's kind of been the issue with Thor the whole time. They don't know what to do with him because he's too strong. It's You go back to DC, like you got to kill Superman because it's just like if he's in the Justice League movie, he'll kill Steppenwolf easily. So, yeah, but uh, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. You got to you got to send her away to, to tell the story. Um, and then after that, uh, we go to the farm or the the garden or whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, they go to kill Thanos, which I thought was a badass scene. I love that um, Captain Marvel pretty much gave her explanation. Yeah, you know a lot about these movies. Did you expect that to happen? No. no okay, I was going to say, because no, I, I, I was like, holy know. fuck, he's gone already. Yeah, like, what like, the hell? Yeah, killed him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. holy shit. He yeah. went for the head. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that Captain Marvel is just like, hey, man, like, you guys are protecting one planet. I'm protecting hundreds, thousands. Oh, I thought that introduction was great. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a good yeah. way to kind of address that. And then we take off. And we go to the garden, and like you said, like they kill. Yo, the way they show up and take Thanos down is that's just badass. Like the other thing too about that whole scene is like Thanos doesn't fight back. Like he's I not. Think he's ex- well, he's wounded. Like, he's, yeah. he's but wounded, he understands. But I also think he understands in his own mind that he what he was what he here to yeah. do yeah. is done, yeah. and yeah. there's no there's no fight left. Well, then they also bring up though that he knew about the whole time travel thing. And they kind of bring that up. So he, I mean, I, I don't know. Does that play a factor? Or? No, that that's later in the movie. But in this, I know it's later in the movie. But on his timeline, it's almost like they show him finding out, like, hey, they're gonna do this. No, he says, yeah, but that's past. He, yeah, he he destroyed yeah. the stones. He said that after you know my plan, the stones served no other purpose than temptation. So that means if somebody else got the stones, they would do some dumb shit with it. So he said, when they say, oh, you used the stones two days ago, he says, I used the stones to destroy the stones. Mm-hmm. So that way, what he did was permanent. Like he, he wanted to make sure that what he did was permanent and that nobody could undo it or use the stones for anything kind of frivolous. And that was kind of his thing. It's just like, oh, you guys are here. Stones are gone. Yeah. Like when you say he's not fighting back, it's because like he's won. He's done. He did yeah. his job oh, and there's yeah. nothing they can do at this point. And he doesn't know. He is inevitable. Yeah. yeah. He's inevitable. Like he doesn't know that they're going to go back in time yet, obviously. Right. Yeah. Like this version of Thanos does not know. So he's just like, I've won. It's over. Yeah. He's he's pretty much ex- ready to accept death because he knows like, hey, I've done my yeah, job. Whatever he was like, supposed to do is So done. he, yeah, he, he kind of almost foreshadows like, hey, you can kill I, me. He's cooking up a stew. Yeah. Like, yeah. So really, I I've only watched it the one time. Yeah. So yeah, I that, thought though that no. when he has his daughters and then and then they, she's like he already knows what we're he knows he's gonna probably die, he, but he says you know what I he, almost because he even says like I, he ex- but that, isn't that on his timeline? Maybe hold I'm on, just hold on. Totally- no, no. We'll, when we we'll talk about time travel when we get yeah, there. But okay. yeah, but like as far as this Thanos is concerned, it's like I've won. I've used the tools to do my duty, and then I've destroyed the tools that I use so that nobody can undo yeah. what I'm. He almost done. accepts, right. like I said, death. Like I said, hey, that's why he doesn't even put up a fight. You know. I just love how they just walk in. Like it's Captain quick. Marvel it's just quick. puts him in a headlock. 
um, you know, Hulkbuster with Banner just grabs him by the arm. I mean, it's like an execution. Oh yeah, like yeah. sure. And then Captain America and Black Widow just walk in, like, where the fuck are the stones? Where are they? And Thor just chops his head off and. That's it. I went for the head. Yeah. Yeah. When Captain walks in, they're like fucking conquerors at that point. Like it was so badass. Yeah. They mean they mean business. Like I I love that. Um. And then it ends. And I think one of the things that first surprised us, we didn't expect Thanos to die. But I think what surprised us even more is that within the first what ten fifteen minutes of the film, the screen goes black and it says five Five years years later, later. and the whole theater's (laughs) just like. What? That <laughs> was the, that was the weird sort of back and forth about this film, and it worked. But it's like it's like we just said once, uh, you know, Cap's like, "Let's go get this son of a bitch," and then the credits roll, or the Avengers game title shows up, and then it's just like, "Oh, we're just gonna jump the fuck right back into this." Okay. The and other thing, just, and then it's just over, and then it's just five years later, and then it's like the pace was super fast, and then just super dead slow yeah. again. And yeah. again, it worked, but it just had a weird feeling, not in a bad well, way necessarily. No, I think on purpose it had that weird feeling because it it felt like. It shouldn't have ended as quickly as it did, it's, it's and then it was like over. Our, yeah, like our hope got taken away again. Like we were then. Yeah. Like we had this. Like you know, you could see Scarlet Witch is like, if we have any shot, we have to try it. Blah blah blah. Like they were getting all riled up. Like yes, it's the final hurrah. This is how we get it. This is how we fix it. Nope, this isn't yeah, how we fix it. Which is uh, probably what the characters were thinking too. Like right, oh, yeah. like we're still in this, and like, then you just realize like, no, you're not. And to their credit, like the trailers, most of the scenes that we saw in the trailers happened within the first 15 or 20 minutes of this film. So when you see everything that you saw in a trailer in the first 20 minutes of a three hour film, in your mind, you're like, well, what the hell? Then I have no idea what's coming. Yeah. Because right, it's like everything that we dies. thought we saw, everything that we thought we were going to expect, it's already happened. We've already seen all of it. Right. So, it's like when Thanos died, I did a quick check in my head of the trailer of like, no, I guess he wasn't in any other scenes, or I guess he's. Yeah, else. I did the same. And you're checking off like, okay, we saw that, we saw that. The only thing that was that we didn't see was them walking like, you know, in formation to the um, time traveling. Yeah, yeah, the time traveling right. place. But like, you know, other than that, like everything else was, you know, a lot of the trailer focused on Tony in the spaceship mm-hmm. that he got saved within the first five minutes. A lot of it was like some of the epic shots that they have them walking. With the suits on, but yeah. also like them looking at Tony Stark coming back, you know. Yeah, in Avengers. I mean, they really did not give you yeah, a lot in that trailer, yeah. which is I I heard what the directors wanted yeah. to do. They did not want yeah to release anything, but yeah. No, I'm so. glad they did it that way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, we see a trailer nowadays, you can predict the whole thing just off those two yeah. minutes. Or the worst thing is when you go see a movie and like the best parts of that movie. Oh, the trailer. You saw yeah, the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So like, kind of moving forward, uh, we get into the five years later, and um, you know, you kind of see the desolation that's happened. You see a bunch of ships over in New York just packed by the Statue of Liberty. You see, you know, the empty city field by Mets. And then um, you just have, like, this fog that just hangs over everything. It's, like, dead quiet. Like, you know that the world has had half its population for a while. You can tell. And then you get into, like, the support group that Steve Steve is throwing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nice callback, though, because... Falcon used to do support groups mm-hmm, in Winter yeah. Soldier. So I thought that was a really nice touch that Steve is now kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. That whole scene felt really organic uh, when that guy's discussing the date he went on and just how somber he is and about how he cried, then his date cried, and then you know, just like going forward, but hey, we're going to meet again next week. It just felt really real, real organic. Like it really did sell the sort of where do we go from here that the whole world is in sort of predicament. When you kind of feel like it slows the movie down, mm-hmm. But you kind of feel like the length of time that everyone else is feeling too. Like it, yeah, things do move sl- more slowly, 
and half the population is gone and Mm -hmm. it is depressing and there is a ton of shit that needs to be fixed but nobody's fixing it like i'm surprised that like after five years of like half the population being gone the city's not cleaner. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how much, There's how long do you, like, how long do you mourn? Like, like, come on, we gotta have baseball. It's like, right? come on, like, uh, certainly there are other people who wanna play baseball. Certainly there are other people who can buy, like, drive ships out of the harbor so that they're not all bunched up against the Statue of Liberty. I don't know. Well, I think it just seemed like. in a state of depression after everything that happened. Yeah, but for how long? Yeah. I don't know. It was, <laughs> Five years, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it must be, yeah. But, but anyways, uh, that was just impactful, my yeah. Yeah, and then um, we get to, we get to San Francisco immediately after that, after the focus group, mm-hmm. and Ant-Man. where you should go pee. Yeah, this yeah. is. I, you know what? I personally don't think you should pee during Me San neither. Francisco. No. But it was. I don't know that there's that any good spot to do to pee though. Yeah. Honestly, there is no I really spot. don't. No. I think like, I think New Jersey is probably the best part because it they they show up in New Jersey. They're in an elevator. And then if you're quick enough, you can get back before Tony sees Howard if you're quick enough. Yeah. But I think that's the only time, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, they're in this part. They, they, they I mean, yeah, because five years has passed and you're trying to figure out what's, what, they kind of go through little montages of saying, Here, here's what kind of happened to, like, you know, you have, you know, Captain America's, you know, going through, doing these therapy groups. Um, Black Widow's kind of now, is kind of in charge now of, you know, what's going on on Earth. She's, she's trying to, to hold it together, basically. Yeah, she's like, trying to hold it together. Um, Ant-Man comes back into the loop. We find out where he's been at. Um, Which for him was only five hours. <laughs> yeah. So he comes back and he really doesn't know what's happening. We need to yeah. talk about that later yeah. on when we get yeah. to time travel, though. Yeah, yeah I loved, I loved um, Ant-Man scenes. I think um, one of the things that Ant-Man and the Wasp really didn't do for me was kind of showcase kind of the the human aspect of ant-man like we kind of talk about how i i felt like scott got sidelined in his own movie i mean granted he did share it with the wasp but i kind of feel like um his connection to his daughter is so integral to his character so i love the fact that he gets out of the van and he goes to the memorial and immediately like you don't have to be a parent to know this but you know immediately once he sees like the vanish and he sees all the names he's immediately looking for his daughter's name yeah and i i love that scene and for the first time you get to see credit to the Russos, you get to see what is otherwise considered a jokey character portrayed in a serious manner. And they take his relationship with his daughter seriously. And I love that instead of seeing his daughter's name, he sees, he sees his, he sees his name. Yeah. And so he knows immediately that his daughter is not dead. Right. And I love that it just cuts to him running through that whole wagon he had is gone. He doesn't yeah. give a fuck about anything else but his daughter. And he shows up. And I and I love the meeting that they have. Like it still has that kind of humor that we're used to. Like when he's like, oh, you're so big. And they kind of laugh and they embrace. But I thought that's that's probably one of my favorite scenes for that character in all the movies he's been in. Really? As, yeah. a, as a character, okay. yeah. That's just me, though. I, I really did appreciate that. I feel like you got an emotional depth that you aren't able to get from his more comedic films. Because mm-hmm. even after that, he kind of goes back to sort of being the butt of the humor. Uh, you know, rocket clowns on him, a lot of the other guys yeah. do. Yeah. But like you said, even when he delivers that line, he's got like the tears in his eyes, and it's just so good. Paul Rudd's great. Yeah. Paul Rudd's great, man. Yeah. He's great. And then uh, he shows up at the Avengers compound, yeah. and uh, we talk about... Uh, Hawkeye in in one of these scenes because yeah. Natasha, before she has the conversation with Steve and they find out Scott's alive, yeah. um, she's kind of holding a conference call with Captain Marvel, Rocket and Nebula, as well as War Machine yeah. and uh, Okoye, and they're talking about different things happening around the Earth, the galaxy, etc. And then Rhodey brings up the fact that he came across a room full of bodies. A bunch of cartel guys were uh-huh. murdered by some rogue vigilante and it's Hawkeye who's been going on killing the sprees mm-hmm. since his family left. 
Um, how do you guys feel about that? It's not just killing sprees. He's killing like certain people. Like, he's killing the criminals. bad guys. He's killing yeah. the bad guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, feels, yeah. he feels like, why did they get spared? Yeah, he gives uh, no fucks. Good people left yeah. and you guys were are here. Yeah. So, And they even mentioned that when he is in Tokyo. I don't know where he's at. Tokyo. And the guy's like, why are you doing this? Like, we haven't hurt anybody. And he's like, we're, I'm doing this because you you survived. Yeah. You lived. Can we just say, like, I feel like Black Widow, out of everybody, she's going through it. Like, Thor, I mean, obviously we'll get to Thor. He obviously has a lot of guilt about this. But Black Widow is distraught about what she lost, the family she lost. Thinking back about the movie, like... Everyone else seems to move on a little bit, and she does but not. Her. She's not even able to move on a little bit. She's still holding on to the Avengers, having this conference call with everybody. Um, it was just a really interesting take because she's not the person I would have thought to be holding on to the past like she does. Yeah, well, this is like her first family. Yeah, essentially, yeah. she's holding on to something like that she cherishes. So right. I would, you know, assume that she would try to keep it together because this yeah. is really all she knew after being like a spy assassin yeah like and she was like in other films i mean she's never really been like the head of the avengers i mean it's always been you know captain america or she's been never tony been super emotional yeah. i mean she she really yeah. hasn't yeah you and, know. and and even I mean, before we get to the scene with tony we don't even know what happened to tony because the last thing we saw prior to the, the time jump uh was like you know he he got back to earth he's obviously distraught and emotional and he just kind of like He's, he's sick in the bed. He's, yeah, he's sick in the bed. And he's passed out. So we don't even know what's going on. We don't know what happened to, with Tony. So he's like, we see Black Widow just being in charge of everything. She's kind of taking on that new role of being in charge of the Avengers. So I, I thought it was a great scene. Um, and even her role in, in the entire film, I'm, they, they finally made her shine. I'm going to say that. Yeah. They actually gave her her one. I mean, she has times throughout the MCU, but like this is where you're like, okay, she's a shit, right? Yeah. I mean, am I wrong on that or no? No. No, like emotional time to shine. Like, yeah, every, like every other movie, she's badass. She's yeah, like kicking yeah. ass. Like the both this scene, emotional. You know, you really connected with yeah. her at that one point, huh? I was going to say, even in hindsight, I love the, like, especially thinking about it, I love the choice, even like with her hair. Like, because she's always really, she's al- yeah. yeah, she's always like, you know, super sexy, super hot assassin, but like, she just doesn't care. And like, yeah, I know it's kind of corny to the red and the blonde to show time passing, but it's like, uh, yeah, like, like she doesn't care. Like she's just trying to hold it together. Like her hair is just disheveled. She's you right. know let it grow out. It looks kind of tacky. Whatever. Like it doesn't matter. She's trying she's to eating find like peanut butter sandwiches. Right. Like she's, like she's, she's just desperately trying to feel important. Well, they're for people who have given up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Hawkeye again. Yeah. Let's go back to Hawkeye though. I, yes. Not only the like gripe with it is that I wish they showed more of like his struggle as far as like losing his family. And like his transition to being Ronin, so I just wish they would have showed more of his like a uh, murderous intent, as you would call it, or like him doing all these hits and stuff like that, just to show like the dynamic of his emotion. I think his haircut told me everything I needed to know. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody else find that distracting at points? Yeah. Just his haircut? Yeah. It was just um, the so- only reason I found it distracting was because I, like, I was like, it looks really good from the front. Right. <laughs> it just it's so right. tall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just like, this is a super broken guy who's going on this murderous killing spree, but that is like a, a high maintenance haircut he's rocking. Right. You want to be discreet as possible, but you're going to have the most outrageous hair. <laughs> yeah, I got to agree with you, Dominic. I think um, instead of Rhodey telling Natasha about the cartel guys in Mexico, I wish we would have seen that and not get told that it's Clint at the beginning. Like, I don't want to know that it's Hawkeye. Just tell me that somebody's going around killing people and show that scene so that when Natasha finds him in Tokyo, that's when we realize that this person is Hawkeye, and that's what he's been doing this whole time. I kind of feel like they missed an opportunity to 
kind of flesh out the depths of his despair as far as losing his family. I think you kind of needed another scene or hold on to that a little bit longer so that when she does see him in Tokyo, it resonates a lot more. And plus, they kind of spoiled it in the trailer. That's one thing yeah, that they, they did, did spoil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ant-Man shows up at the compound, pretty much tells Steve and Natasha that he's only been in the quantum realm for five hours, even though five years has passed. So then they go see Tony. Tony has a daughter now. Uh, whoever this child actress is, amazing. I love her. Oh, yeah. She's so incredible. cute. Yeah. Also, like, seeing um, Tony interact with the child, we see a little bit of it when he's, like, interacting with Peter Parker, but... He doesn't really change that much. He like talks to a child as if she was an adult almost. I really like that a lot. Yeah, I love when uh, he's doing the uh, the Mobius loop or whatever, and uh, he's just like, "Well, shit." I yeah. love that he got yeah. it done on yeah. the first try. Yeah, I love that he's just like, "Run a test," you know, it's just a whatever, and we'll call it a day. And then it's just like first test successful, and he's just like baffled, and he sits in his chair, and he's just like, "Well, shit." And then the daughter shows up like, "Shit," <laughs> and then she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I got a lot of important shit going on here." Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. I just love the interaction between uh, her and him, and I think she's a great child actor. She's great. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. cute. Yeah. Um, uh, the three thousand reference. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean that might revolutionize you know a lot of things. I, you know, I, like, I, read, I don't know. Couples and movies and all that. I don't know how true it is, but I read that uh, Robert Downey Jr. actually uses that with his children. Fuck, it makes phrase. even more. And great, so they brought know? it into into this, you know, MCU. But I read that that's like a real thing that he says to his kids. Hey, Jason Lucas, I love you three thousand. <laughs> He's awkward. <laughs> Keep going, Curly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tony figures out time travel, and then we get to uh, you know the Avengers compound, and uh, we meet one of our original members, Thor, because Rocket Raccoon and Bruce Banner, as Professor Hulk now, he's managed to combine his two personalities into one, and he's become essentially one being. Yeah. I, I kind of like that scene. Mm-hmm. Hulk with glasses is hilarious. It makes me fucking laugh. I love laugh. it. Yeah. And I love that his facial features are so similar to Mark Ruffalo. Like, yeah. it's just, I thought they did it really well. You guys like that? I don't know if I do. I did. I'm not sure if I like it. So. I, I will say this. I think in the age of in the age of Thanos looking quite good, I thought there were a couple scenes where it was off to me. Like, the CG didn't look 100% there. Mm-hmm. But I, I do love Professor Hulk. Like, I like that he's finally, like, melded those together. I just kind of feel like it does kind of hit you out of nowhere like he just kind of explains it away i kind of feel like there was like a deeper struggle in infinity war and i kind of feel like because of the time jump we don't need to get a a deeper explanation but i feel like the audience kind of deserved to see that happen because we saw that infinity war like he struggled a lot yeah Yeah, and and we also saw in ragnarok correct um where he couldn't change back into bruce banner so i mean i feel like it's been leading up to this uh you're right carwin i don't think that we saw like how it happened but i think we all knew it was leading to this head yeah, especially comic book fans with uh, Professor Hulk being such a big point and then leading yeah. to Grey Hulk and other sort of alter egos that he has. I w- was wondering if they were going to do the alternate thing uh, if he gets knocked out of uh, Professor Hulk form where he becomes Bruce ba- He's in, now in Bruce Banner's body, but then he has the Hulk's raging mind, so he's just this sort of raging lunatic. Oh. I, and gra- I'm glad they didn't because I don't think they had time for this, but it was another sort of interesting little note for anyone uh, not too familiar with the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then they get Hulk. He goes back to the compound with them because uh, Tony initially refuses to do the time travel thing with them. And then they do the test with Ant-Man. We find out that not only can you 
you know, send this person back in time, but you can send time through a person, aging them. And then we kind of learn how time travel works after Natasha recruits Clint in Tokyo. So we get back, uh, Clint does the time travel test. He goes back to a time before his family got disintegrated and uh, you know, he gets the baseball glove kind of showing that you can bring things back from the past. But what they do do before he goes off back in the past is they explain how time travel works. We get two explanations in this movie for how time travel works. And this is the first one where Hulk says that going back to the past does not change the present. The only thing that going back to the past does is it takes you to the past. You're still your present self, but the timeline you're in is now your current present. I'm gonna just put it for you this way. If you've seen Dragon Ball Z, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> this movie operates on Dragon Ball Z rules. The trunks, it, trunks going back in time. It does not operate on Back to the Future, Future rules yeah. whatsoever. No, and, and, and they alluded to, they alluded to every time travel film, like this yep. is not how it works. So we throw it out, out the window. We're creating new time travel rules. I think it was a real missed opportunity because they took so much time to reference every time travel movie where like the, the past affects the future. I wish, I wish one of the characters would have just said the Dragon Ball Z method. Like if you would have just said the Dragon Ball Z method, it would have made perfect sense. But I but do that know what method follows their actual method. The movies that they were listing follow a method the other that method. is not true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it would have made more sense uh, conversational-wise to to say, like, hey, you're naming all these movies. Well, I'm going to name another popular right. franchise that our rules are going to abide by. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a missed opportunity, but, you know, that's just me nitpicking. Um, so the test is successful. They get the team back. They get Nebula, Rocket. They go and see Thor. And uh, time has not been good to Thor, you know, mentally you know, physically. Yeah. Um, so they go back to him, Rocket and Hulk, and they go to New Asgard. This is where the remainder of the Asgardian survivors have settled. I don't know if it's in Europe, New York. It looks like Norway. Norway. It's Norway? Yeah, it was Norway. Okay, so yeah. they're in Norway. Yeah. Fitting, yeah. yeah. No, Norway. Uh, it could be any of them. Really? I think Viking. Yeah. Earth. It could be any of them. But it's, it's New Asgard now. Yeah, it's it's on Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's on Earth. But they go and... Um, how do you guys feel about Thor's introduction? First off, it's great to see Valkyrie still alive. You get to see, yeah. like, hey, the, whoever survived the, uh, the assault on Asgard's ship, they moved on. He created a new civilization on Earth. And then it kind of misleads you because you're like, Valkyrie's like, oh, you know, Thor doesn't come out. Valkyrie's explaining, like, hey, Thor doesn't want to see anybody. He only comes down once a month. And you see the shot to, like, the, all the beer uh, kegs. So you don't really know what's happening to Thor. And then when they actually show Thor... You see that, yeah, time hasn't been good to him, and it's that was a big like, what the fuck? I don't know if you guys felt the same way as well when you see like, you know, Thor's ripped and he looks. I was pissed. He looked terrible. He's put on weight. I mean, he's, he looks like every fraternity guy I've yeah. ever met. No <laughs> he's turned into a fucking college kid in their twenties. Yeah. <laughs> so um, rude, TJ. I love. Okay, I love his introduction because I love how he's kind of let himself go. Um, and I love that he's become essentially an alcoholic. I love this about Thor, considering all he's lost, it makes perfect sense. And one of my favorite things about this particular scene is when Hulk says, we have a chance to undo everything. We have a chance to save everybody, bring everybody back. And he says Thanos' name. And Thor like immediately switches. And I gotta give props to Chris Hemsworth on his performance, because he's playing the jokey, hysterical drunk guy, but he could switch immediately into the psychologically damaged, uh, you know, PTSD suffering character that Thor has become. And I love that he immediately switches. He's just like, don't say that name. You know, don't say that name. 
and I, and I do love that this happens at multiple times in the movie. Love his introduction. What I do not love, and this is my least favorite part of the entire movie, Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> the part it where seems, he's... It uh, seemed like when um, in Black Panther, when they said, like, what are those? Like, it just doesn't age well. Yeah. Like, you know, the, those kind of comedic effects. They just don't Pop age Pop culture, well. yeah, like... You gotta keep it timeless. Yeah. Like in yeah. five years when people are watching this, what are those is not gonna be a thing. Yeah. Fortnite's not gonna be a thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just This is the first time in the MCU where I felt product placement. Like I you didn't need to show us the screen to let us know that he was playing a video game. And if you wanna have him yell at the kid on the on the headphones, I'm fine. But the fact that you showed Fortnite not once but twice you showed it and then you have a whole scene or a shot with Rocket Raccoon standing next to the TV in the background and it's just Fortnite playing and it's just like this is product placement that I'm not used to in the MCU and I hate this also I just don't like Fortnite I don't really care for it it. don't care for it personally never played it yeah take that Fortnite so here's another I think I honestly think I'm on my own on this one but I'll see if this resonates with any of you guys my little nitpickiness if you will so Professor Hulk was cool, but overall I felt a little, just ever so slight hint of like douchiness from him. So I feel like, you know, if any of us were in the Hulk's body, we'd feel a little overconfident. And it kind of came off that way to me, especially when Thor's sort of having his breakdown, you know, he's kind of grabbing Hulk's t-shirt after his little breakdown. He just sort of does his little, get your hand off me, man. I don't know if I'm remembering that right, but it just felt a little like... Like, dude, come on, like, a little flexing, almost like, almost like, come on, don't make me kick your ass, buddy. But that might have just been me, sort of uh, nitpicking, if you will. I didn't feel that was douchey. I kind of felt like it was, like, get a grip kind of moment. You know, we're your friends here, like, and ease see, up that, a little but bit. But in that line, felt like, not like, we're your friends here, like, dude, calm down, like, relax. It just felt more like, like, like jumping towards antagonism, if oh, you will. Okay, yeah, I, I could see that. But again, that was just me. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that. Uh, I could see, like, you know, some of the, the faults of Professor Hulk, because, I mean... In all the other movies, everyone was scared of the Hulk. Like, hey, we don't want you to turn into this monster because he's uncontrollable. And even though he's kind of caught in control of being like the best of both worlds in this Professor Hulk, I felt like nobody still was kind of like afraid. Like, this, he can still kick your ass. He can still go like. And, well, yeah, like, like right away with those kids in the first scene we see him in the restaurant. Yeah. Coming and, up to him and the whole picture taking and everything. Yeah. And he does a dab. <laughs> God. Yeah, that that's, that doesn't age well. He he attempts yeah. to dab. Yeah, yeah, dabbing. All right, look, I'm gonna just say right now, like dabbing died the year that the Panthers lost the Super Bowl to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that is the last time anybody should have ever dabbed. Like, if you still dab yeah, in 2019, uh, like it's it's over for you. You dead. Like seriously. But I think stop. that kind of shows his character is how, like how corny he is. No, I got you. He's, and that's how he came off. Corny, he came off right. as really corny. Like some of the same thing. Like before, it's like get it together. You know, that people were like treaded very you know on thin ice because they didn't want they were afraid of the hulk and now it's feels like yeah he's he's in control but he's still huge and like he could still probably if he gets angry like he could probably kill you but nobody's afraid anymore it's like okay we're dealing with the professor hulk he's in control he's corny and yeah we're not we're we're not even afraid of his you know his power all right so now we're gonna get into the second part of the movie uh we got time travel happening We got time travel. So the team is assembled, and we have the uh, the whole meetup where they kind of talk about all the Infinity Stones. I just, can, I, can I bring up one thing about this? Yeah. So I'm born in 1982, not 70s, you <laughs> dickheads. <laughs> and, and so I, I grew up on Back to the Future, and they referenced this movie a lot, and Back to the Future 1 and 2. I loved Back to the Future, right? It was, it was a great movie. 
And then I loved Back to the Future 2 more because instead of doing something where they, they said, hey, we have the opportunity with a time machine to go back into the first movie. So you're watching Back to the Future 2 and you get to experience again Back to the Future 1, mm-hmm. but at different angle. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Never have I ever had that experience ever again until I watched this movie. Yes. Because of what, and I love how they own it. Like, hey, so we're going to back to the future to this. And it's like, yeah, we are. You know, like Ant-Man says it a couple times, you know. But like, tell me, when they first go back, I think the first thing they go back to is New New York, York, right? And it's like when it comes down and they have that epic shot of... You're like, holy fuck, this is really happening. The, I mean, the theater went nuts. I, If we were doing Trash or Treasure, that is like one of my all-time treasures about this movie. I mean, you even saw an angle in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 where he's dancing, right? And, and you're on the other side of it. it. I thought it was the coolest shit in the world, dude. I, I don't know. My, I mean, what do you guys think? Am I just being too... No, I definitely like that Guardians angle where in the actual movie you just hear the music, you yeah. know, and then like Come it just cuts to him like in his headphones <laughs> and he's like singing to himself dancing and it's like, oh, so he's an idiot. Like, Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Um, One of the things too, like how you're talking about kind of how like the movies just own their kind of more fantastic elements. Yeah. I love that they just go into the quantum realm and it's just New York in big yeah. ass letters. Right away. They're just, they're just like, this is what 2012, this movie, right? Yeah. yeah. This movie has time travel. <laughs> Deal with it. And yeah. I, like as a graphic designer, like you have to use typography to kind of establish yourself. So they chose the biggest font <laughs> at the biggest font size and just said, we're in 2012 now. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. Like we're here. Like, and that's it. But I thought it was great. No, I mean, it's like, great. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love that they just own that shit. No, now that you mentioned that, like, I'm 86, so I grew up loving Back to the Future as well. But uh, now that you mentioned that, yeah, like, not a lot of movies do that on top of what we just saw. Right. You know, and I didn't... Because how many, how many sequels too. suck? I'm not saying this is a sequel. This is right. part of, like, a, you know, a, of a whole, like, Anthology. plethora of movies, you know? Yeah. But it's like, how many sequels suck? Well, Back to the Future 2 was like, hey, number one was great. Let's go back into number one because we have a time. And then, like, they, and they even reference it how many times? I mean, like, like the Lebowski, all that. They reference so we're going to Back to the Future 2 this? And yeah, we are, you know? I thought it was great. Yeah, and I, I uh, love the whole uh, conversation that they have leading up to them traveling. Like, they do break down, like, this stone was here, this stone was here. Yeah. And I love that. Um, it went fast, though. If, unless you know it. Like, because I really. It did go fast. It went but, fast. But I think it's because we already know it. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're just repeating things that we've already seen yeah. happen. Yeah. This is probably that whole, like, meeting with them, talking about the different stones. Like, that is a part of the movie where I think that if you did not watch any of the previous movies you're gonna miss out on a lot of stuff because it's so self-referential like the middle portion of this movie requires you to have seen I would say all 22 movies maybe except Spider-Man and maybe except Guardians 2 like you need to have seen all the previous movies because there's no stones in those movies you know but um yeah, I, I think they did an excellent job. They did the whole Back to the Future thing. You see different angles. You see them posing over Loki. And I love that Iron Man just like, all right, guys, pick him up. Let's not pose up a storm around here. You know, it's very self-referential. It's very meta. And uh, fucking um, when Steve 1 gets in the elevator with the so Hydra guys. Say, Curl, what's your yeah. favorite part? Because I know where you're going with this. Oh, no. My favorite I'll let part, you take it. My favorite part's in the third act. Oh, okay. But in the second act. In the second act. What's your favorite part? There are a lot I, of good parts. But, yeah. yeah. My favorite part in the second act is when... Captain America fights himself. Yeah. I love when he fights himself. Then I cut you off because I thought you were going with the elevator. So finish that, but then go into the elevator part too because that's great. Yeah. So it's going down then? (laughs) Damn it. He's got two on us, Teach. 
Yeah, I mean, that whole scene was just great because it shows like the events that happened. We find out finally how Hydra got the scepter. It alludes to that. Um, we see just a bunch of characters too. All of a sudden you see, you know, Alexander Pierce is there. We see Crossbones and we see what transpired at the end of the Avengers film. And obviously- Like the cleanup and everything like cleanup, that. The cleanup, yeah. The little, the little minutia of, you know, what happens after saving the day. Yeah. Like, oh, we gotta do, you know, uh, uh, rescue and clean up and all this other shit the logistical aspects of all this nonsense and um i love personally when cat fights himself mm-hmm. i thought it was fucking hilarious and i thought it was like great fight choreography if you guys notice when you watch that scene that fight mirrors the same fight from captain america winter soldier like they're fighting on a narrow walkway similar to him and bucky and winter soldier you know the fight uh makes its way down they fall off the walkway they fall to the bottom they crash and then cat puts Steve in a headlock, mm-hmm. much like Cap puts Bucky in a headlock back in Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And then um, I feel like the fight choreography was just way better for Captain America. I wish they got better fight choreography for, for dude back in Avengers 1 because <laughs> I thought Captain America was one of the worst parts of that movie, period. I'm glad they also reference uh, Iron Man references because you were very critical about it, Captain America's suit. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. the they made, do that many yeah, times, and, it, and then they yeah, make yeah. the joke like, "Hey, that ad, that suit doesn't do your ass no justice." And then Ant Man's just like, like "He's like, hey, ass. far as I'm concerned, this is that's America's that's ass. America's ass. ass. Yeah. No, I definitely like that they make Cap a little more more relaxed, like how he's always like stern and like a you know very oh, fine tight. point between right and wrong and stuff like that you know even when he's fighting himself he's like oh I can do this other day he's like yeah yeah I know <laughs> like it's like come on like <laughs> I just appreciated the human and hearing Cap curse and like he's like yeah oh yeah and the thing too is like I think the center part of the movie the time travel has all the humor because there's no humor in the third act whatsoever no it's all business there's all no business. There's like no there is there is there there's is like a one, one or two when the trading hammers Oh, I mean, like little, little bits like that. But no, it's I got a serious you. moment. Yeah, yeah, it's still a serious moment. When uh, Doctor Strange is like, "Is this everybody?" and the guy's like, "You wanted more?" Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. There's that like, was a little joke. Yeah, there's little, little, little bits. Quips, but yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But you're right. You're right. This, and I think this act like lends itself to comedy because you're going back in time and seeing things from just a different perspective. And what I enjoyed about it is that all of these uh, scenes are scenes that we've seen before, but it's just from a different angle. So it's so great. Right? It was yeah. so good. Yeah, they yeah. really did a good job of keeping it fresh, keeping yeah. it like, new and exciting. You knew, like, even you like know. you see like Hulk and he's like destroying everything. And then Professor Hulk is like, yeah. shrugs, like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My bad, smash. Yeah, he's like, oh. yeah, like smashes the car. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to push this over here. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of gratuitous, but I guess I'll yeah. do it. Takes his shirt off, yeah. But uh, back to the part you were talking about, Muggs, the elevator. I think that if you don't love Winter Soldier, you don't get that part. Because seeing this movie four times, the only time I heard anybody get riled up about that scene was Thursday, opening night. Because Friday, Saturday, Sunday, nobody reacted to that scene. And I'm just like... Well, like, okay, my... Now, let me, like, Quentin Tarantino, I I literally looked at it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, don't reenact this scene. It was so great in the first one. And I'm like, fuck, we already seen it. What are we going to do? And I love how they did the angle on it, which I'll let you take. But at first, I was like, I had anxiety. Like, you're going to fuck this up. You're going to do another fight scene. Yeah. Up, dude. I've so, already seen it. Don't do it so again. And then of... they don't. Okay, Curran, take it away. No, what, what I love do? how they like just subvert expectations. Yeah. Because yeah. you know from Winter Soldier that these guys are all Hydra. Yeah. You have Sitwell. You have uh, Crossbones. You have all the, all the agents from the elevator fight. 
and like you said, Bling, we know how the scepter got in Hydra's hands. Yeah. And then you also see Pierce also trying to get the Tesseract, which also right. ended up in Hydra's hands. Yeah. But like, I love that Steve's whole play in this thing is like, okay, I'm surrounded by all these Hydra guys. He's very calm and relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's okay. like, I just spoke with the director and he's just like, don't worry about it, guys. And he leans over to Sitwell and he's just like, hail Hydra. And all the guys in the elevator look at him and they're just like, oh, okay, he's yeah. he's one of us. Yeah. And then he just walks out, and like as he walks towards the camera, he just smirks. Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I was I loved great. it because totally. it was like not a long, drawn-out fight sequence. They did the same thing when like they killed uh, Ebony Ma in the in Infinity War, where it just it's just quick. You just get it over with, and instead of like drawing it out to be, because it could have been a great fight scene. It could have been another great fight scene. Or it could have been, but it's scene, like, but they didn't we've need seen it. it before. Yeah, they didn't need it, and so they they took an easy way out and it worked you know in this situation i thought they nailed it yo uh -huh. i that was one of my favorite parts too and, and i'm just looking around like the third or second third and fourth time i'm watching i'm like y'all motherfuckers don't like winter soldier yeah. like i'm just like like that's yeah. one of the best movies how do you not enjoy this part yeah. like where he says hail hydra yeah, yeah i just appreciate it so much because it takes like the same camera cuts and stuff like that mm -hmm. from like the first you know the winter soldier and you just like totally expecting like oh he's about to be like anyone want to get off he's about to say it. he's yeah. about to say it but then he's just like Hill Hydra. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the Hulk doesn't like stairs. So yeah. that that's uh, a thing, apparently. And now we know how he got downstairs. But um, all right. So after that, uh, we end up going to Asgard in 2013. And this movie finally makes Thor the Dark World relevant. <laughs> they, oh, like, Rocket. No, it's serious. Because yeah. it's the only movie other than, you know, maybe Nowhere with Guardians. Because the reality stone is with the collector Correct. during Guardians 1 so they could have gone there I personally would have preferred Nowhere because you know my thoughts on the dark world that movie's terrible but I think you needed to do this because TJ mentioned earlier you know before we were recording that there's a huge deal with Thor coming to terms with his identity and you know his purpose in life yes. and what he's supposed to do and you couldn't have him resolve that without anybody else but his mother he needs his mom he yeah. needs his mom I think that's one of the best parts in this movie to me. Another time where Chris Hemsworth shows a lot of emotional depth while being funny. You know, he still is the Thor character, but it's just a different version of Thor that is a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. And I love how just how all knowing sort of she was in that moment in that scene. Uh, she saw him wandering around even when they had the heart to heart. She was like, you know, don't forget I was raised by witches. She knew that he wasn't like the truth or that he was a later timeline version. My favorite uh, is like the future has been unkind to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, but thank just, you, mom. But it just it just went to her like that's what he needed. Like he needed the mom figure. The mom knows best. And like, she, you know, that's really just sort of it was a great for that moment. Uh, even something similar with Tilda Swinton's character is like the watcher or uh, the guardian sort of of already kind of having an idea of the timelines and of the future and what's going on, like mm -hmm. knowing exactly who Hulk was, not being taken back by it at all. Just stuff like that was great in these time recaps. And I think you needed those kinds of characters to move the plot along, because if we had to explain to people we bump into that we're from the future every single time, like it would have just dragged the movie on. So I like the fact that we have these like semi-omniscient characters that automatically know like, you're from the future. Let's fucking deal with it right now. Yeah. I love, yeah, yeah, like I was surprised to see the ancient one. I love that she was in there and um, I love the conversation that she has with Hulk because that really does explain a lot of the movie going forward. 
And I love how it really ties up maybe the loose end of Doctor Strange handing off the time stone because she's unwilling to go along with Bruce Banner's plan even when he explains that they can fix the time loops by going back and dropping the stuff off right after they've been taken. And they show a diagram and they do all that other stuff. That's how you kind of do raw exposition when you need to explain things. But I love the fact that he says... Uh, if you're supposed to protect the time stone, why did Strange give it away? And she immediately changes and is like, oh, shit. Like, he gave it away? Here it is. Take it. Go. Yeah. And I love that they just wrap that up real quick. I love that uh, Thor kind of wraps up his thing with his mom real quick. You know, getting the stone wasn't the, the thing for going back to Asgard. It was about the emotional conversation he has with his mom. mom yeah. Because Rocket just runs in later like, I got it. Let's get the hell out of here quick. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, because you, you can imagine, like, how long would that take, like, to explain to every single, like, timeline that we're jumping into, like, hey, we're coming back from the future, we're doing this. I don't mean to say back to the future in that, but uh-huh. we're coming back from the future, and it, it, would, it would take so long, it would take so much away, I feel like, from the movie. It's, like, it's kind of cool to see them, hey, like, I kind of know what's going on. They're, they're smart enough, they know kind of what's happening, so I, I like that, too. Well, and I think that the way that they did it caused character development versus, like, just retelling over and over, like, what yeah. we're doing, like... Thor is developed because he's being able to talk to his mom, his future self, to his past mother or whatever. Like, that's a development moment. So instead of just being, like, a gratuitous, like, here, we're back here and everything's the same, there's, like, character development that's happening. So I think it worked out well. And then the main thing with the time travel, too, is uh, we get our main antagonist back because they sent Nebula back to Morag to get the Power Stone. And so because there are two Nebulas existing at the same time, past Nebula now has access to future Nebula's memories and that's when Thanos finds out that the Avengers are trying to undo something that he's done in the future and that's where Thanos gets involved and I love that that's how they kind of bring him in Uh like they took what could have been very very complicated and they just I don't know it just flowed naturally for me oh yeah two weird things for me when I think about it like two very unsuspecting characters that this movie would hinge off of would be Ant-Man and Nebula Nebula. I feel like Mm. this movie just with the time travel and the quantum realm and all that kind of stuff hinging off of Ant-Man and then also Nebula too, like those two characters are greatly needed for this movie to make any kind of sense. I, I, I just I would never it's expect a good that. Call they, out. Yeah, it's really weird to me. I would never expect that these be the two that really help this movie work. I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. I love how they use Nebula as like a narrative device. Like in the first movie, we see how her memories work because that's how Thanos finds out that um, Gamora knows where the Soul Stone is or knows about the Soul Stone, and we bring that back. They're very good at setting things up. And to what you're talking about, Jason, every single movie has a necessary part that functions in this movie. If you're not introduced to the Quantum Realm in Ant-Man 2, you're screwed. Like if you're not introduced to Nebula being like half robot in Guardians 2, and in uh, Infinity War, Thor you're Dark World, I mean, you know, like, if you don't watch that movie, which you shouldn't at the beat, I mean, yeah. now now you should, you know, like. Yeah, and just knowing that his mom dies that yeah. day, knowing about the Dark Elves, like, they talk a lot about this movie in this movie, so. Thor Dark World, I mean, you have to see that now in order to understand kind of what's going on in that one scene, right? right. Yeah, and I think you appreciate it a lot more because we said, you know, kind of before we were recording, that Renee Russo didn't get a lot to do. Mm-hmm. in any of these movies and I'm so now glad now she does yeah. pivotal I'm yeah. glad they brought her back I'm glad they brought her back is it weird that I had a crush on her when I was a kid <laughs> also how does she look better now than no, she did in bypass the that? <laughs> quantum realm well yeah. technically I mean they just I went mean, back to 2013 right. Right. so right. I mean and one thing too is, uh, we see Thor get back Mjolnir so yeah oh another yeah. really good point the payoff and he, and he realizes I'm still worthy even though he's gone to shit 
He's still worthy. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, yeah. totally hey, forgot about yeah, that. That's another really good point. It makes me wonder though, like, I mean, they are going to bring the hammer back to right before he left, but it's just like, you got to be thinking like, they're kind of fucked. <laughs> like <laughs> if they don't bring that hammer back, like Thor's screwed. Oh, and the alternate. Yeah. Timeline. Yeah. You ever think like every time it takes a while, <laughs> like, it's been taken from that timeline. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got it now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after we kind of wrap things up, we get to Vormir. Vormir. Oh, God. Yeah, so I we do. get to Vormir where Hawkeye and Black Widow go up, they meet the Red Skull, and then they find out that they have to, one of them has to die. I'll, I'll say this real quick. One of the funny parts to me, I know not a lot of people laugh, but I kind of laughed inside, is when they find out that one of them has to die, and then it just cuts and then it's like Black Widow crouching in a corner and Hawkeye's like kicking rocks and he, he just waves to Red Skull. He's like, hey man, what's up? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious to me. Yeah. yeah. Red Skull just looks like a pussy again. And <laughs> again, but that's just, that's just my thought. But. This, was, uh, this was heartbreaking. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you guys. You, oh, we've talked about this. Do you think the right person died? Yes. I mean, yeah. oh, okay. Here's what I will say too. Number one, don't know the, the backstory a lot. I thought Black Widow and Hawkeye being paired up together, it just seemed like, oh, like it seemed a little bit random to me because I've seen relationships develop with like her and Tony or her and Cap way more than her and Hawkeye in the films. Well, they've always had that past. Whole, like, that has been shown, thing, yeah. but that the we've like, supposed to. Yeah, we're supposed to infer it. So, like, for me, it seemed a little bit weird. Uh, they seem very emotional about you know losing each other, considering that like like I said, I've seen her with in more scenes with Cap and Iron Man than Hawkeye. But uh, so at first I thought it was like a little bit of an awkward pairing, but it was really heartbreaking. It sucks that she died, but it's like her whole like quest at the beginning of this movie is like hey, like she's distraught. She's uh, and she wants to fix it. I feel like she like. I mean, I don't know. Like, like when she does it, it's like, oh, like this is what she wants to do because she knows it has to happen. I don't. I, I, I was actually the so the first time I saw, it, I'm like, okay, she died. But the, the second time I saw it, I was actually kind of torn apart. I'm like, oh my god, they killed Black Widow, or like she killed herself. Like she I cried. sacrificed herself. I, like, I got this more emotional awful. the second time around because it's like, wow, she really is gone. It didn't hit me the first time as much as it did the second time around. So. I mean, when you talk about Black Widow and like the, the notion of family that she feels with the Avengers, this goes back to Civil War because when they're broken up, she talks to Steve when he's at Peggy's funeral and she's just like, um, I'm just trying to keep the family together, doesn't matter how, when she's thinking about signing the Accords yeah. and trying to get him to sign or whatever, even though she knows he's not. Even all the way back to the first Avengers when she talks about how Hawkeye was sent to kill her on a mission, but he chose not to kill her and he brought her in. To your point, Justin, I would have liked to have seen that in previous movies, and I think that is a problem we have with Hawkeye, is that we don't give him enough time to bond with other people so that this moment falls flat slightly, but because we know their relationship and what's been told to us for movies now instead of just being told about it this movie, I think it resonates. I am of the opinion... Look, I, I hate that Black Widow's dead. Black Widow is one of my favorite characters. And let's not get it twisted. Uh, the only woman on the team dies. That mm -hmm. I, I've listened to a couple podcasts and I've heard kind of a negative reaction to that. It's just like, why is the only girl got to die? And there's a bunch of dudes mourning her and she doesn't even get a funeral like Tony. Yeah. I totally see that. Me personally, 
I think it would have made more sense for Clint to die. I'm not going to take away from the Natasha character. She's willing to do whatever it takes. And that was the whole thing, whatever it takes. Well, that's what you kept saying the whole time. Yeah. When we did um, Infinity War, like no one's willing to do what it takes. And that's the only thing that was going through my mind during this entire film. Like whatever they all did whatever it took to make this happen. Yeah. And, and I think in this movie, they were about it. They didn't just talk about it. Right. And I got to applaud Natasha for that because, like, her character has always been about doing things and not just saying things. Such a great fucking movie, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just bummed like, out. I'm just like, like I'm like going, it's, I'm like, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And the fact that, like, she was even just like, it's okay, like, let me go. Like, no, don't do it. Like, it, it just, it was one of the, it was one of the times where I cried. Yeah. Now I know why, why Chris Evans cried three times. This was number one. Yeah. And they didn't really have time to grieve because, like, she did this on on purpose. So it's like, we can't make this, and like. you gotta move on. Yeah, you gotta be quick, you know, because And that's why I think, like, this, you know, with a lot of the controversy is, like, she didn't get a funeral. Like, there's not, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, like, this all happened while they were still in the fight. Like, this is not after the fight when everything is said and done. They still have a mission to accomplish. Like, they yeah. have to move on. And I think um, to that point, and you're right, because all of that is happening in the same day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, considering all that stuff happened the same day, like, it makes sense. You know, no funeral, there's no time. Like, and what you guys are saying, like, we got to honor her by getting this shit done. Yeah. And I think that's great. The only thing that sucks is like they kind of have a mention of her after Tony's funeral. It would have been nice to see something for her considering how how much of what she did yeah like what she was to the team like so interested in keeping the team together and being a family i kind of felt like she kind of deserved at least at least half the moment tony got after the battle agreed after the main battle with like iron man the black because it it does not happen unless she does what she does yeah unless she kills herself none of this happens there's no success whatsoever i just think it shows her dedication to the team too like we see her all throughout all of these movies and even in this one since iron man 2 right since iron man 2 and even in this one we see her looking over you know we're we're talking about earlier war machine and captain marvel and all them it's like she's still the one kind of holding you know even just some of this together she's the soul of the team no you don't get a point no that's no i'm just saying like don't you think don't you think there's some no 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 what that's not even a joke it's just like i'm just it's just coming to me now but it's just like yeah i think there's some significance to her dying to get the soul stone because she's the soul of that team and i think that might be it i just think it's her doing anything and everything she can so it's like whatever it takes whatever it takes no and that's exactly what i'm getting at i think i think there's some significance to her dying to get that stone because she is that and because she's willing to do whatever it takes and it's like you were saying tj it's just like this is the movie where like they can't afford to fuck around and assume things are going to go their way anymore they have to do it and i think they kind of throw you for a loop because you would assume that for all the things that clint has done in the last five years killing people being a vigilante it would make more sense for him to be the one to die but they really twisted on you because they swap places like four times. You yeah, honestly, yeah. you don't know yeah. wh- who's gonna go. As you guys are saying this, I'm thinking about it. And like more thematically, it makes more sense for her to be the one to sacrifice this because, like you said, she's accomplishing this mission. She's doing as whereas opposed to if Clint was doing it, it's just a appeasing to a sense of guilt really over how he's been living the last right. five years. Yeah, it, and it's way more dramatic to have her do it to for all these angles we just mentioned finishing the mission yeah that makes sense yeah I didn't like it though yeah I didn't like it either I yeah. want Natasha yeah. to live I I, I I like Black Widow dude She's, her final scene looking up at Clint right before she died like her face she looked like an angel it was ridiculous how beautiful she looked in that last moment before like she let go 
I also Sucks. like that she could use her gauntlets one more time before it was over and that back and forth. Oh, like her gadgets and stuff? Yeah, the little stinger thing on her uh, wrist. It was kind of like a fight. It was like, oh, it, they were for sure fighting. Yeah, it, it's funny. You know what? Doesn't this scene remind you of the fight in Avengers where uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye fight on the helicarrier yeah. and she has to bring him back yeah. to their side? Hmm. Like she ends up taking him down to yeah. bring him back. And then this fight, she's essentially bringing him back to so, his family, kind of. So she can. I, I don't know. I yeah, I, I no, didn't I, I, I didn't think about it yeah. until now, but I think this fight kind of closes the loop on that first fight they had in Avengers One. I guess I was really hoping to because they say like Red Skull was saying something to the effect of like, you know, to gain the Soul Stone, you have to like be willing to lose what you love the most or whatever. Yeah. So I was like really hoping that like the fact that they were willing to kill themselves would be enough to get the soul stone so that they could both walk out of there. Uh, so I was really disappointed to see her at the bottom of that mountain. Yeah, that killed me. Killed her, but I mean, I don't killed know. Killed us. Yeah, killed all of us inside. Yeah. R.I.P. Black Widow, you'll be missed. Can't wait to watch your prequel movie in yeah. 2020. <laughs> you did a great job. talk about that. I don't think it's going to be a prequel. So, you know, time travel is done. Of course, Nebula comes back after Thanos. Old yeah, old Nebula. After Thanos realizes that the Avengers aren't trying to prevent him from doing something. They're trying to undo something that he's already done. And then he realizes, I have to go back and get the stones and do what I need to do. And this time, go even further to prevent this from happening. Yeah, from his yeah. perspective, too, it's like, uh, you guys brought all the stones to one specific place. This is a lot easier for me. It's uh, It makes sense for me to go into the future to get this. Oh, yeah. And so that brings us to the final third of this movie, where we get back to the base. So we get back to the present, or the future, I guess, because we're coming from the past. And then uh, they build a new Infinity Gauntlet, and they're ready to use all the stones to bring everybody back to life. Yeah, so my thing about this is, uh, in an Infinity War, we learn that... Uh, Itri, the, the... What's his name? Itri? Yeah. Uh, he has to create the Infinity Gauntlet because he has to harness the power of like a, a, star, a, dying star. a dying star to be able to... like craft something that can carry the weight or the power of all of the infinity stones but then like iron man and his team can like create an infinity gauntlet like in his garage <laughs> that just seems is that weird. The, like the gamma radiation coming from someone or from hulk maybe well one of the things that i wish they had done like they chopped off thanos's arm right at the very beginning of the movie right. they should have had his hand or the the old infinity oh, gauntlet taken it. Yeah, yeah they should have taken that and used that You're as right. the base to build this new gauntlet that would yeah. have made more sense if they would have just said let's base our design off of this how it's built and do that. Yeah. But they or, need to give you or a they have credit. the time travel aspect, so they even can go to uh, Nidavellir to get like the the gauntlet before. I don't know. Maybe they could have tied something like that. Like, hey, we can get the gauntlet. It just to, seems weird. Like, yeah. How they just use an Iron Man? They, like, they, they had so that. many ways to, to go about it, and they I think they just kept it simple and says, hey, Tony Stark, he's he's a genius. He can mm -hmm. make something that can harness the the stone. So that and we just left it at that. Plus, I, mean, I, I thought it looked cool. Yeah. I mean, that's also why it hurt him so bad too, because. He made it in his garage. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. I, I don't know. DIY gauntlet. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, because like even when I he uses the stones, yeah. he doesn't have the gauntlet on. They're no, just on his suit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he would have had the gauntlet, I mean, I don't know if 
that same thing would have happened. Who knows what would have happened to him. Yeah, Maybe I don't know. he wouldn't have gotten so injured. I don't know. Yeah, There's I felt like some of the stone wielding was just a little too cavalier, especially towards the end. I, I mean, I get why it had to happen to move things along, but like, okay, like Flint could now wield an infinity stone. It, you can kind of excuse it because he made the sacrifice of the soul stone. You know, it yeah. gave itself to him. So, okay, I could get that one. But, um, but also, they're all, other, they all hold right, the stone and, to and, bring especially, it back. and especially in our final act before we get to it, when they're kind of playing hot potato with the gauntlet, like everyone's sort of wheel, like carrying no, the gauntlet. Nobody's wearing it. That's why right, it doesn't but, but again, we, like, we've already established even touching a stone is enough to you know destroy right. a mortal in person. In the past, it has. Yeah. Well, no. Can I also just say, go like, ahead, that whole scene, uh, Thor, again, shows a lot of um, emotion when he's like, you got to let me do this. Like, I, I yeah. have to be the one to do this. Again, another really good performance by Chris Hemsworth. I just like him. He's great <laughs> in this movie. He's great. One of the things, too, when we talk about uh, the Hulk being the one to use the uh, the gauntlet because the radiation's gamma, that's a callback to Avengers 1 mm-hmm. where they had to trace the Tesseract because the stones emit a mild gamma radiation, radiation yeah. which is why they brought in Bruce Banner in the first place to track it. Mm. So I thought that was a that was a good callback to the very first Avengers movie. My only thing is that since they had Bruce or the Hulk use uh, be the one to do the snap to bring everybody back, it also kind of takes them out of the final fight. As strong as the Hulk is, it does take a toll on him and his his arm is like ruined. Even at, at the end of the film, you still see yeah. he's still recovering from wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. But I thought like the Hulk snap set the next sequence of events into effect and the next like hour of this movie is just a wild ride yeah this pacing of this this sequence it, it's they get the stones they make the gauntlet there's no time they, to cheer he's yeah they, they, like, I mean, they do the snap three, it's three hours long yeah. and you're like it needs to be three hours long yeah. i mean the, I, the way i look at it like but there's i mean no the, other the, way this this third act things go like at you a fast pace like they, what, they do current, the snap what did they say about bathroom breaks Okay, go when you see New Jersey. You said, see San Francisco. When you see San Francisco, when but you see it, New the Jersey, last hour, you, you, do you don't not leave. Go the last do not hour. leave. Oh, yeah. real quick, we didn't even talk about New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, no, we didn't talk I was about gonna that. say. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk. I mean, like to wrap this up. Let's Tony, go back in time. Yeah, <laughs> let's use the time stone and do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, TJ got one. He's at oh, oh, three for Tish, three no for Curlin. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we get closure on Tony's part with his dad finally Mm -hmm. he has closure because he gets to see his dad one more time Mm -hmm. and then Steve Rogers Captain America has been a person who's lived selflessly his entire life essentially you know World War II sacrificed himself the Avengers put himself to be part of a greater cause risking his life his freedom all that other stuff to save Bucky you know even though it's going to cost him his reputation putting himself in danger to help save the world from Thanos and this is the first time where Steve, we find out what Captain America wants. What does Captain America want? Like he wants his girlfriend. He wants the girl that he left back in time. So I think one of the best things about this movie and one of the best things about Captain America is like, now that he's not, you know, beholden to being the super soldier, you know, we talked about Thor having obligations and Thor has obligations throughout the entire MCU storyline. And it's this movie where he no longer has those obligations and he's free to be who he's meant to be or be himself as opposed to who he's supposed to be according to his mom. Like Cap is finally free of all that stuff. You know, like he's going to save his friend. We know that, you know, he has to save the world and all that other shit. But what does Cap want after all this? Like, what does he want after all this? And you finally get to see that. Because, like, when he sees Peggy through the the blinds or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you really get a sense that, like, 
He missed out on all of that. He yeah. missed out on life, yeah. like period. He's just become like a secret agent, spy, killer, assassin, soldier, avenger, and that's it. You got closure. I mean, yeah. kind of like seeing yeah. her, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like that they brought that up so that when he does go back, it means something as opposed to like, well, I just decided to go back in time without ever having yeah. that kind of temptation to yeah. stay there. The other thing that we see in uh, Jersey is uh, Jarvis, which yeah. kind of connects the... MCU movie universe with the with television t- universe, television which technically Carter, have yeah. been separate, but yeah. uh, they kind of bridge the gap there. Yeah, they got the uh, the actor that plays Jarvis mm-hmm. from the Agent Carter TV show. I heard it was good. Fortunately, I never watched it. So. I watched a few episodes. It, it, the first season was okay, and then the second was just like, eh. That sucks. All yeah, right, it was so, so we're done talking about the past, right? So yeah, I guess I let's go. Real quick, the uh, Stan Lee cameo. Oh yes. yeah, not my favorite. Not my favorite Stanley cameo. Um, they de-aged him for that one, and they also de-aged uh, Michael Douglas. So oh yeah, Douglas. oh yeah. And you saw the old school yeah, Ant Man helmet. Like a hippie shit. Yeah, they got the old school Ant Man <laughs> oh, helmet. Oh yeah, I like that too. The old oh school. Yeah, yeah, that was a good callback too. Yeah, I love that. All right, now let's go back to the future. So yeah, getting back to like that, the whole third act, they don't waste any time. You get the stones, you make the gauntlet, they snap everybody back. You see Laura Clint's uh, wife calling him, yeah. And then the Thanos warship comes and just blows up Avengers facility, and then we go into like this whole. It is constant yeah, war. It is on. It is on. Yeah, it is on. It's this third act is worth the price of admission alone. So I mean, you guys could twenty dollars for third act. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact that like the third act is almost as long as an actual regular movie is crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just it's just raw action. It, yeah. it is just packed of action there's so many great things that are happening here but let's like break it down all right we got all right so now this is the end we'll we'll break this down since this is the end uh thanos blows up the avengers facility and arrives nebula fake nebula past nebula from 2014 evil nebula bitch uh she walks up (laughs) to thanos and he tells her go get me the stones she asks him what are you gonna do and he says i'm gonna wait takes off his helmet sticks his Darth Maul blades in the ground <laughs> and he sits there like a big purple idiot. God, I hate this guy. <laughs> and then she goes off and then we see Bruce Banner uh, under the facility and Rhodey and Rocket are trapped. Rhodey has to get out of his suit to save Rocket who's stuck. He saves him but then the facility starts to flood. Banner's calling out for help. Ant-Man wakes up and hears the call and he rushes off to go help them. Clint wakes up, Hawkeye, and uh, he's next to the Infinity Gauntlet, picks it up and starts moving away from, uh, what are these guys called? The Uh, the, the Riders? uh, Outriders? Outriders. Yeah, he he escapes from the Outriders. Yeah, and um, Hawkeye gets a fight scene. He gets yeah. a little fight scene. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's not really a fight. It's more like a chase. Yeah, it could have been better. It's a running scene. Yeah. 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 He runs I, away. I thought it was good. I yeah, it, it was, was good, good yeah. but it's not... I, I wouldn't say it's fight scene. Considering all that we're going to have to do to close <laughs> this movie out, I think he I think he got his little bit of shine. Yeah. He got his little bit of shine, took out four or five of those dudes, climbing up, slices them in half with his samurai sword. Hawkeye should have been had a sword a long time ago. That's yeah. all I got to say. Should have had a sword he a long time ago. He had this talent the whole time? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then evil nebula shows up from 2014 picks up the gauntlet he quickly realizes that she's not who he thinks she is who that sentence was hard to say in my head um and then uh she holds a gun on him and then the nebula that we do like uh 2024 20, nebula shows up 
uh, along with Gamora, who Nebula has convinced to to help her out. Yeah, Gamora. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, Gamora has always been good. Um, Gamora at one point asks before you know this all happens, like in the future, what happens to us? And Nebula tells her, you know, I try to kill you a couple times, but eventually we become really good friends and really great sisters. Seriously. We have a really good relationship, and that's kind of what gets Gamora to free Nebula. And pretty much say, you know, we can stop him. Because yeah. as we know from Guardians back in 2014, she was always willing to stop him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's good to see that relationship kind of come back. Yeah, I felt like that scene where she extended her hand out to her was the sort of like the symbolism of like that this is like this. You can trust me. Whereas like earlier, uh, 2014, Gamora batted her hand away for aid. And then this one, she helped up the our, Gamora, our uh, future Nebula and she accepted it. Yeah, I love the mirroring of those two scenes, like the the disrespectful slap and the, the fully embracing of like the entire arm to like get picked up. I, I love that. One of the things we don't talk about is like Nebula really shows the abuse she's enduring at the hands of Thanos. I think Karen Gillan did an amazing job, like I said before, uh, portraying both versions of the character, somebody who's kind of redeemed and has kind of moved on and evolved emotionally, has better relationships with people in her life, and then somebody who is so obsessed with doing right by her abuser, past Nebula, I thought she did really well in this movie. I, you know, even underneath all the makeup, the eyes, and the, the CG and all that other stuff, you really got to see the range of emotions that she was able to convey you know, in her acting. Well, the other thing is like, and again, going back to like the very beginning of the movie is that when they were playing paper football, like I read an article and it was like, she shows so much frustration when she misses because she knows that when she loses at games, she's taken apart and like parts of her are replaced. And so it was like really interesting to me, like, cause you know, like she misses and she, she like grunts and uh, Iron Man is like, uh, it's okay, you just go again. Like it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a little bit comedic, but also from her perspective, it's like she's been programmed to like think when I lose, something happens. And I thought that was an interesting like take on it too. One of the best parts too is when Tony Stark asks her like, hey, you won. Did you have fun? And she doesn't know how to react to that. You right. can see in her face, she's like. Cause it's a battle for her. Yeah, yeah she's just like, yeah, it was fun. Coming to terms with kind of that freedom of just being and not mm-hmm. being subject to somebody else's judgment or punishment for once in her life. Right. Like, you could see that all in her face. Because even like in Guardians too, like we just see her just like super angry and going after Gamora so much. And it's like, it's weird to see her now, just her with Tony. It's like playing the paper football yeah. and she's just kind of sitting there and doesn't know how to react when she loses, like you're saying, like loses or anything. She's just so hell bent on like getting out to Gamora and trying to appease Thanos or anything mm-hmm. like that, that it's, she has a, a shit ton of character development all the way throughout a lot of these movies up until this point and even throughout this entire movie yeah. we see a lot of it. And you see it a lot because you reference the old Nebula exactly right next to her. It's it's you don't. I, I didn't realize it until I saw that personally. I was like, holy shit! They did a lot of character development with just one this one character too. I really do appreciate that Nebula was the one to kill her old self. I thought it was like same. Symbolic. I think it was yeah. Uh, poetic. Yeah. Yeah. If any other character would have killed her old self, I would have just seen that as like a bad look. It's it, it's symbolic. It's it's symbolic in the fact that like she knows that this Nebula is not right in her line of thinking and she has I mean she does it real quick too like there's no second guessing there there's no internal struggle she just shoots her and so it was over as soon as it started but I think it was necessary for current Nebula to kind of go through that that process of being like I don't like who I used to be all right so then after that Captain America gets woken up by Iron Man and uh, Iron Man has a shield 
Uh, he gets Steve up and they go outside to Thor, who's standing there watching Thanos sitting there. And they kind of ask him, like, what the hell is he doing? He's been waiting out there this whole time. And Iron Man says, I think, you know, it's probably a trap, right? Where the stones, um, they're underground. And Cap says, let's keep it that way. This is one of the most badass fucking scenes when like Thor finally becomes like Thor again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you see like his eyes just light up and then it shows like the sky like cracking and you like hear the thunder come out and he's just like, uh, you know, good. Like, let's kill him properly this time. And he like calls like Mjolnir and he calls Stormbreaker at the same time and he fully transforms into like his, you know, braided beard and his hair and all that other shit. But I thought that was just such a badass scene because like now he's facing the cause of a lot of his demons again and you could see in his face like, we're gonna fucking do do it this time. Like this whole journey, I feel like Thor has kind of been like, our main character over the last, you know, from Ragnarok until now, I think he's been the main character for those these three movies, if you want to look at it that way. And I kind of feel like this is him, like, I'm ready to do what I need to do. And then uh, the fight we've been waiting for, Holy Thanos is very... Holy the first shit. time that we're fighting Thanos, all three of the originals together, because uh, in Infinity War, you know, Iron Man was not there. Uh, so this is the first time that they're all three facing him together. Yeah, and I was gonna say I love that they're fighting pre-Gauntlet Thanos too. It makes it a little more sort of even, if you will, a little more of an interesting fight where yeah. it's not just using the Infinity Zones. Like it starts out just like a total scrap brawl, like just the three of them lining up, like we're gonna mess this guy up right now. Like it's time to get our like our lives back. Uh, it's just yeah, and so then good. remember with the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos was like all that for a drop of blood, but yeah, it's like right. yeah, bitch. Now it's buckets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I definitely appreciate how badass they made Thanos, though. It's like, he's, mm-hmm. you're not going to yeah. just push this guy over even without the gauntlet. He's like, sitting he's, down, yeah. He, yeah, he's, waiting for him. Yeah. And they showed like that. I, I don't know. You're kind of like, this motherfucker's a badass, yeah, dude. Yeah, he is. Like, no, he Drago's is the end-all, be-all. You're not just going to push yeah. Thanos over. It's not going to be some walk in the park. It's not no, yeah, he's like, still a titan at the end whimsical of the day. moment here. You, Thanos is here to fuck shit up. He has a sole purpose. He's been determined ever since. You guys are barely catching up to his determination. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So Thanos, yeah. Thanos is a badass. You think, like, oh, he's he's a badass because he has the gauntlet. No, he's a fucking badass without a gauntlet. He, like I said, he's, he's still a titan. I mean, that whole fight scene, you think like, oh, it's going to be three against one. He doesn't have the power of the gauntlet. It's going to be a cakewalk. And no, he's holding up his own. And it's such a good fight scene because, like, you have to understand, he's a warrior. He's a fighter. He doesn't have the power of the gauntlet, but he can still hold his own. And one of the things, too, is uh, Thanos even says, like, you know, I try to do things dispassionately, objectively. You know, when I kill people, you know, in all my years of slaughter and conquering, like, it was never personal. But knowing what you guys are trying to do, I'm going to enjoy this. He also, at this point, says, like, obviously I made a mistake. I left half of the universe alive. This time I'm going to do it right. So now it's, like, really... There's a lot more at stake. Yeah. Yeah. Double. He, yeah. He wants to like eliminate end, everything. Yeah. And like everything. Kill everybody and start over so that nobody even has the thought of going back in time and undoing whatever it is right. I've done. Um, the best fight ever. I'm, I'm just going to say good. Over Rocky, you have Drago? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> because this one has rockets. Come on. <laughs> 
I think we should get credit for that. I think we should get to because I mean, yeah, they're all fighting. They're all using there's, powers. I mean, there's we, still we, more. This we, is only halfway through. We see Thor. Okay, okay. Yeah. When Thor, when Iron Man suits up and he's like, "Thor, hit me with everything you got." Throwback to the first Avengers. Yeah. Because Thor gets both his hammers. Like a f- Thor's a badass man. <laughs> he's got, yeah. he both. He has two <laughs> hammers. Calls lightning and shoots all that lightning into Iron Man's suit for like the biggest fucking anime laser I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And then, you know, Thanos is kicking ass, incapacitates Iron Man, knocks him over, he knocks out. He gets Thor, manages to steal Stormbreaker and tries to kill him. He almost kills him. He almost, almost kills him. He's like so close. Yeah, and then, and then something, uh, there's a payoff because you forgot that Thor got Mjolnir back. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's got to be some reason for that to happen. Yeah. And then, I don't know, does anybody want to say this? Because this is so, my favorite no, part. So, yeah, it's it's like you see it moving, and in my mind, I just thought, when I saw it moving, I thought, oh, like, Thor's just calling it back to Yeah, it's like, yeah. Because I was like, oh, he's just, like, calling it back to, like, knock Thanos off of him or whatever. And it hits him, and then it reverses and goes back. And then you see what he called Cap is fucking worthy. To, 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 Dog. Yo, hey. When fucking Captain America gets the hammer, <laughs> when we were we were not in our seats. I no. we were just like, oh. When, number one, when that hammer hits his hand too, he like jerks back with it, and it's just like such a great scene of like him wielding the strength of that hammer. It's crazy. It might have been the loudest that theater was that night. Yeah. That no, it was. to me it was, was like the best part of the entire yeah. movie. Like, there's a lot of really good parts. That part was like everyone was just like out of their seats. Yeah, all four showings I went to, that probably got the biggest like applause. Like yeah. out of Hands out of down. every yes. time. Man. And it was unexpected. Like like I said, when I saw the hammer move, I just thought Thor was calling it back. And he fucking wields it like. He's been using oh, he, it for he years. Knows, he knows like, what to do with it. And it kind of like goes back to um, Age of Ultron when he like kind of moves it a little yeah. bit, but not quite. And Thor notices it. Yeah, Thor's and, like, shit. And then like in this movie, when Thor sees him pick it up, he's like all smiles. Yeah, he's, he's like, I like, knew it. He's like, I knew it. Really though, bro? Did you know it? No, because he saw it in Age of Ultron. Like yeah. when he moves it and like the worry on his face is like, oh shit, like yeah. Captain America's worthy. But Did you hear you- about the theory that... About why he's able to wield it now was because, like, he, he had that inner guilt that he knew that uh, Bucky had killed Tony Stark's parents. He didn't get that off his chest, yeah, so, that's so that's why, why he wasn't able to lift it lift before. Because he wasn't, yeah, oh. he wasn't. So working. now that it's all out in the open, he's like free of all that and he can. Oh, wow. Which I love too, because like in the comic books, there's been times where Captain can wield the hammer. Like, it just all, every on every level, just hits so well, dude. Like, yeah. this is how you pay stuff off. Like, the audience has earned it, the actors have earned it, the characters have earned it. I'm not going to talk shit on other franchises that people like, but, like, this DC. is... And Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Recently. Ooh, and, Star Wars. and Star Wars. This is how you do storytelling. You can do fan service all you want, but none of that means anything if the characters, the audience, all participants involved haven't earned it. Like, if mm-hmm. if... Uh, Captain America picks up Thor's hammer in Age of Ultron doesn't have the same effect. No. The stakes aren't as huge. If he picks up his hammer in Infinity War, the stakes aren't as huge and it doesn't have that same effect. But in Endgame? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and yo, the way he's throwing the hammer and the shield back and oh forth. Oh, that was yeah. so good. Dude. Yeah. But then Thanos, because Thanos is a purple bitch, <laughs> he, he manages to disable Grimace. Steve. Yeah, Grimace. And he even breaks the damn shield, like in the all is lost yeah, moment of yeah, this fight. Because yeah. this is like the, in the first phase of the fight, it's very much of a scrapping, very much of a, just like a fist fight. 
at, like when he got the hammer, took everything in me not to yell out, fuck him up, Steve, in the yeah, theater, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like it was yeah. so good. But then, yeah, like, Thanos comes back, he breaks his fucking shield, which is crazy feat in its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it, yeah, I was saying, disarms him from the hammer. And I love that, uh, and I keep saying I love, but I love this fucking movie. We get the the epic shot of um, Thanos calling his army in. He calls all his troops in, calls in the Black Order. Yeah, because up to this point, it's just been him. Yeah. yeah. Everybody gets beamed down from the ship. And then you just have this really huge epic shot of Captain America, like this tiny little figure on the left side of the screen. By himself. Yeah. With a broken shield. Mm-hmm. And Thanos and his massive army on the right side. And one of the best things happens Steve's earpiece starts going off yeah. and it's Falcon yeah. and he's just like Steve Cap can you hear me on your left yeah you know what I gotta say though soldier, yeah. I feel really embarrassed to say this but I did not even catch the fact that it was a reference to them running in DC oh yeah I did not even catch it come on man I know I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry Turn we talked about it we talked about it so much but when he said it I was just like who's that like what when he said on your left I was like yeah. No, I, I mean kid. epic. Like, and then and it was just you start seeing all of these entrance portals. after entrance. It might have been a WWE like entrance. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry, and you're like, oh yeah, he's yeah. good too. <laughs> Royal Rumble status, too, yeah. you know, like. But and, what I really liked is like you know these portals are opening up, and you can see like uh, it's Wakanda where all of these guys when the snap happened that's where they disappeared they're coming out of Wakanda you can see when the Guardians and Spider-Man come out they're on Titan and you these can are all Doctor Strange like, portals they yeah. all so got back one. to wherever they were that's, that's fucking interesting that you say that that's where they're coming it, from because yeah. yeah. I noticed it the second time I watched it because when Hulk snapped and brought everyone back he brought them back to wherever they left off from and so they're all coming back from that place. Peter actually says in the next line, like when he finally reconciles yeah. with Tony Stark, like, oh, hey, uh, Dr. Strange shows it's five years later. And we got so like for all of them, this was almost instantaneous, but like yeah. maybe a minute passed. How great is it? Just how many things tie back in that you never thought you would see again? Like you forget that there's a whole school of magic that yeah. exists and that's where they get half their troops from. You forget about the whole Wakandan army. You forget that the Asgardians still have a lot of troops left mm-hmm. and they still have Valkyrie and Korg and the roly poly, I forget his name. Meek. Meek. They still have Meek Mill. And <laughs> and just I don't know, they just managed to bring all these aspects to battle that you forget about and they have enough to go toe to toe with Thanos' army. And you forget that they brought everybody back to life yeah. 10, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, you really do because you, don't, you haven't seen them. You don't hear yeah. from them or anything. That on your left thing and then they're just all there was incredible. Yeah. Like even um, okay, Wong's there. You, you get the, the wasp is back. You see fucking yeah. Pepper Potts in her rescue, rescue. Epic, rescue. suit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. when <laughs> Pepper Potts showed up, the, the, the theater went nuts. Yeah. Because oh, that was another, biggest, that was like, another, and you know, I didn't realize it until the second time I watched it, but Morgan's trying on her mask in, in the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony is like, I'm making that for mommy. Like, oh, don't worry. She never wears anything I buy her. But like, I didn't realize like, oh yeah, he's making her a suit. Also, shout out to Gwyneth Paltrow. I love you, but you spoiled the fact that you had a suit in this movie. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Oh, yeah. did she? She yeah. took a photo on like IG or something she of her the photo, in the yeah. suit like, yeah. oh, like a year on. ago. So you already oh, knew shit. she was going to have a suit in this movie, which kind of sucked. Yeah. I didn't see it, so yeah. I was not spoiled. But yeah, it was just like great. And then like Spider-Man coming back and every, Boy, the, like, when every, he came in. Everyone Epic. loved it. Yeah. yeah. That camera lingered on him. The Valkyrie coming back. 
It was all great. Yeah. Oh man. I got, I got the payoff to the instant kill for Spider Man. Oh, yeah. and then and then oh yeah, instant kill. And then they all get back and um Doctor Strange is like, is this everybody? Wong is like, Did you want more? <laughs> and then fucking Cap is like, Avengers assemble. assemble. And then like the score everybody goes off. that's what everybody was waiting for. That leads to the, the second money off, shot. Everybody's running towards yeah, each the other. Slow-mo, yeah. Okay, can we talk about Giant Man? Pun- oh yeah, punching the space slug yeah. out of the sky into the ground. That was absolutely. And epic. then uh, Captain Marvel comes down like halfway through this too, when she's like taking all the ships as well after uh, they ran fire on it all. I love that she showed up in the battle. One thing I wish this is the same problem I had with First Avenger should have been two movies before Avengers. I wish Captain Marvel had at least two films before Endgame because wouldn't it have been cool if she showed up with scrolls? Like as yeah. backup. Oh yeah. That would have been crazy if she showed up with like Talos and a bunch of scrolls yeah. after her adventures. Like maybe she meets new friends in her sequel while she's in space and those are the people she comes back with. Like maybe the new Nova Corps or something. Yeah. Like that like whoever's oh, left yeah. on Xandar or I something. I literally for a split second thought it was Nova Corps instead of Captain Marvel. Like I was like, is it fucking Nova Corps? Are they back now? Mm. It's John C. Riley <laughs> <laughs> coming back to save the day. But um, you know, she shows up, gets the gauntlet from Peter, and then um, you you know, shout out to the ladies. We get the formation shot. Yeah. Um, Beyonce. I wish there was more payoff for that shot because I think we kind of discussed seems this. really quick. Yeah, it just kind of seems like let's just get this really cool shot and then move on. And I wish they had like a little bit of an extended fight scene where it wasn't just like Okoye stabs somebody and Gamora slashes somebody and we see Shuri blasting for, you know, all of 10 seconds. I wish there was like a fully fleshed out they need to collab Use their powers. Yeah, because Captain Marvel just blasts through there. She didn't really need their help. So I'm just kind of like, I wish there was more to that. Or they all fought Thanos at once. Yeah, I agree. That would have been, there would have been more of a payoff Mm -hmm. to me anyway. Yeah. Um, I will add, I did like how they kind of gave screen time to the the future phase four, what do you call it, property. So like at at one point you see Spider-Man holding onto the gauntlet, same thing with Black Panther, and then we get Captain Marvel and then you also see even Doctor Strange having kind of like, you know, two things with Doctor Strange. I like how he has a, that conversation with Iron Man. So it's like, this is the, one of the 14 million possibilities. And he kind of alludes to like, hey, you know, I can't say or it won't happen. But then there's the final shot where he's like, he just raises his finger. Like, this is the one. one. He's just like, one is like a dream. But yeah, I love how they, 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 they at least gave like screen time to the, the future phase four Marvel properties because we know they're, they're going to be the future. I didn't even think of that. That's Me that's either. a really good catch. Yeah. That those are the people that are the ones running the, the oh my God, they're running the gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Also, this, we didn't talk about Scarlet Witch coming back and being like, you took everything from me, and he's like, I don't even know you. Duh, he's like, was bitch, so you will. She Next fucks to Cap. him up in that scene. He had to call the fire down just to get her off of him. <laughs> yes. Like, she literally had him in a corner. Yeah. Next to Cap, her one-on-one with Thanos, like, when she shows up and she has, like, the devil eyes, like, you already knew. Like, the whole theater was just like, you just heard oh, a lot she's of- She's ready for it. You heard a lot of, oh, fuck. Yeah. You heard, that's all you heard in the theater. And, like you said, he only called on the fire to rain down because she was about to kill him. She could easily KO him. I just see her right there, and I'm like, that's fucking Magneto's daughter right there. That's his daughter. <laughs> like, that's, that's after her dad right there. Yeah, and she's got a real magnetic personality about uh-huh. her. Mm-hmm. So. Damn it. Also, also, if I can, 
jumping to that little uh, scrap back and forth scene he had with Captain Marvel where uh, he does his famous headbutt and she just doesn't flinch. Oh yeah, she doesn't even move. Right. And then he has this kind of oh shit moment so he has to grab the power stone into his other hand to give her like a power stone punch to get her I off. thought the power stone punch was pretty genius though from like yeah, a no, storytelling that, that entire yeah. back and forth which is so good. Yeah, it's the only way he could get her off of him. Yeah. Yeah, you had to take the power stone and use it. That was a good way to kind of... Get her, get the most powerful Avenger off of you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's a good way to show how powerful she is because even when he headbutts her, like even the music stops. Yeah. And the whole crowd is just like, oh, it's over for you, man. Yeah. And But I thought that was a good use of the stone. And even the split second of her, when he grabs the power stone, there's a split second frame of her where her eyes are like, oh shit, because she knows what's coming. I just thought it was like a good way to, again, you know, if everyone is all powerful, then nobody it really is. So it, it makes sense for me. And then uh, we get to the part where uh, Iron Man and Thanos have to wrestle for the for the gauntlet. Yeah, he gets the Infinity Gauntlet on. Iron Man makes one last ditch effort to get it off of him. The glove is still on mm-hmm. Thanos. And he says, what did he say? I'm inevitable. And then Iron Man says. And he's, well, and then Thanos snaps. Oh, but yeah. Nothing happens. Nothing it's just happens. like a clink. And then you see Nothing he happened. flips the arm, his gauntlet around. There's no stones, and then you see the stones going on Iron Man's hand, and then and then he says, "I, I am Iron, Iron Man. Man." And then he snaps his fingers. Dun, and dun, see, this is the and part just dun, like that. It ended just like it started. And see, that's what I the part that I felt worked the most about him having like an Iron Man made Infinity Gauntlet, which just because like how the hell did he get it off? Well, he's got his little nanotechs moving real quick, so For maybe sure. they just jumped his suit real quick. To me, just a little thing like that I just thought was really cool. Yeah. The other thing that I read was that the I Am Iron Man line was not originally part of the script. They had just talked about like different ways, different things that he should say or whatever. Uh, But they wanted to call back on the first film that kicked this all off. And so I thought it worked really well in this case. What a great thing for that to be like his kind of last line. I agree. Because the last thing he does say is Pepper. Like yeah, when yeah. he's talking, but it's like his Ugh. last major line. Yo, when he dies though, okay. When Thanos vanishes, I'm satisfied. When his theme is playing all slow and whatnot, and you see all his troops vanish bit by bit, and it's just like that heavy. And you know what though? And he sits down like he knows it's done. Just as sure as he was in the beginning of the film, like I've done what I was supposed to do. He shows that same like acceptance of yeah, yeah. yeah at the very end, he just sits. He sees everybody dying. He's just like. This is over. I yeah. fucked up. Yeah. That was a perfect way for it to end. Like, you got what you deserve. Like, that was the best way for him to go out and all his army. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then we get Tony up against the bench. And he's not doing so hot. Yeah. Damn. And everyone comes to him. Uh, Peter Parker comes to him. This, this is one really of the saddest rough. scenes. I, I don't know if this... It was honest. really sad. It was really sad because you knew it was going to, like... It was so sad. This was so sad. Um... So the juxtaposition of like Tony talking to Peter when Peter's about to disappear in Infinity War and now Peter talking to Tony when Tony is dying. It was very similar. Both are very heartbreaking. You feel for both of them. And then Pepper comes to talk to Tony as well. And I think this is the most heartbreaking scene because Pepper, you know, the the whole thing, the whole movie, Tony was just worried. He said, this is what I have now. He's the only one that actually moved on in all of this. He has a family now, he's been able to have a daughter with with Pepper, and he didn't wanna leave that to go fix the world and potentially lose what he had gained. And uh, that makes sense to me, and uh, when Pepper tells him like, we're going to be okay, 
you can rest now, like that was like a knife to the heart. That was really rough. Yeah, because uh, when he's talking about the time travel, it's like, oh, I figured it out, time travel. And he's like, you know, I wish I could just take all this and just, you know, put it in a lockbox and drop it at the bottom of the lake. He says, it feels like I should do this. Yeah, and she just says, and, and you then, know. And, and he says, it feels like I should do that and then just go to bed. And she said, but. Will you be able to rest? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was such a great, like, So for her to like, say at the end of the movie, you can rest now, I was like, oh. Yeah. Because, like, this whole, this whole story arc is him toiling away working constantly on figuring out how to protect the world how to save the world yeah. never resting never taking a minute he's always on to the next thing yeah, and Pepper Potts knows this like she even mm-hmm. says like one of my greatest failures in life have been trying to make you stop like yeah you can't change who you are or whatever yeah damn it was heartbreaking yeah, that was the other thing about this he was the only one with anything to lose really going into this movie uh, his That's character true. you and, are like, right the and way, then of course he lost right the way he said he was really worried right before to Hulk right before he snapped. He's like, just just bring back, don't change anything else. Just bring back who got mm-hmm. lost. Like he really wanted to keep right. everything he yep. built in these last five years. All right, let's talk about the Tony Stark funeral. That was such oh, a great. Man. It's just panty yeah. shot, and you see. You say panty shot? Panty. <laughs> oh, okay. Pan, oh, it's a pan. It's a pan. <laughs> just panning on all panty. the different characters that's been in every single MCU film. You see everybody at Tony's funeral. It's just a great shot. I'm sorry, but like if Thunderbolt Ross shows up to my funeral and I'm Tony Stark, I'm like, get the hell out of here. (laughs) We don't like you. Nobody here likes you. Like half of this is your fault. (laughs) Like half of this is all your fault. You guys catch the kid in the corner? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I, had to, I had to go research and find out who that was. Yeah, initially I was like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, like, Riley, right? Yeah, yeah Riley. From, the, from Iron Man 3. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man 3, so. The last, he had some, I guess, relevance after all. Yeah. He's going to have more much. relevance. I predict he's going to be the next Iron Man. Mm. That's my prediction. Mm. Okay. This is the scene where I wish we saw like a moment with Fury and Danvers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like he created this whole initiative because she was no longer on Earth. Yeah. And this is this is one of the faults of the movie. It's a victim of the scheduling. Had Captain Marvel been written and filmed before Endgame and Infinity War, I feel like we would have gotten some sort of moment with her and Fury. Like, we needed that to happen. Yeah, I get it. She's standing by herself and Fury's the very last guy we see. But, like, it would have been nice to have some sort of conversation like, oh, I see what you did here while I was gone. Like, you picked a really great group of people, you know, this and that. And, you know, her and Fury can have some sort of exchange. But, you know, I feel like because, you know, we never got the story for Captain Marvel, as far as scheduling went behind the scenes, that they probably would not know to have included a scene like that. This movie's a little bit of a victim as far as Captain Marvel is concerned, uh, as far as scheduling. Yeah. I think because of that, we don't get a payoff from her knowing Fury in her movie. Like, there's no payoff for what happens in her movie regarding her relationship with Earth. Yeah. yeah. I, I do feel like it works, though. I mean, I don't know that the movie would have benefited from that scene that you're describing. I don't think it would have benefited, but I think it would have benefited the characters. Yeah. Considering oh, yeah, like, probably. cause like the movie we saw, her movie is where the Avengers really start and this is where it essentially ends. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have been nice for them to, to have, yeah. I don't know, a conversation. It probably wouldn't have benefited the movie, but it would have benefited those two characters considering the journey they went on. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Infinity Stone, the reason for the, the Avengers existing, et cetera. But, right. Um, cheeseburgers, man. Oh, that's no. Cheeseburgers. Yeah. That's the scene that made me tear up. Honestly, I kind of wish she would have showed a little bit more, like, 
sadness. She's four or five. I don't know, but I, I don't know. This is me. Personally. She doesn't understand the world. She doesn't have a concept of death like yet. Your dad just died. Like, <laughs> okay, I love you three thousand. Come on, <laughs> I love you three thousand. Yeah, that little Jeez. video message you left for her, dog. I'm, I would say Iron Man's death definitely hit harder the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't cry the first time. Second time, I teared up. I cried more the second time, but I also cried the first time. <laughs> yeah. After the funeral, we get to Steve, Captain America, yep. having to go back in time and return the stones to where they need yeah. to be. And, he, and he's got to do this to ensure that the timeline stays essentially the same, mm-hmm. that we're not like splitting off into all of these different timelines. So Professor Hulk tells him, you got to return the stones exactly where they came from and then come back. We'll see you in... 10 seconds. And he never comes back? He's dazed. Yeah. They're so, like, oh my God, get him back. Where is he? Get him back. Professor Hulk's like freaking out. I don't know. Where is he? And then uh, Winter an, Soldier. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's the, well, there's a guy just sitting on a bench. And so I've, I've already read into this. There's like a lot of fan theories. Like why is, you know, why didn't he come back? Did the rules of time change or what's, what's going on? Um, so they definitely had to break their own setup rules for the sake of the narrative. Like if you're going to give Captain America a goodbye, Mm -hmm. easy fix. You're breaking the rules that you just set up on time travel right now by having old Steve show up on the bench Mm -hmm. because there's no way that old Steve would appear. The same old Steve would appear in this reality Mm -hmm. because you do not affect the future based on what they said. The Dragon Ball Z method. Trunks goes back and kills the androids in Cell. When he goes back to the future, the androids in Cell still exist Mm -hmm. and he has to kill them again because you do not change your own future. Mm -hmm. So Steve going back and having a relationship with Peggy would only cause him to get old in a split reality, not his timeline. So old Steve showing up on the bench doesn't work. Easy fix to that. He shows up on the platform. All you had to do was have him show up on the platform Mm -hmm. because he would have just come back to their time. That's all you had to do. Navigated using the pin particles or whatever. But you don't get the emotional effect of him being on the bench and them trying to figure out who he is if you do that. So, but I do love the passing of the mantle. Oh, he says, you know, it was great. Yeah. So that that was such a good, you know. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be Bucky. That was a good uh, sort of left turn. There were also some, you know, again reading some theories and stuff. There were some theories that uh, Cap told Bucky what he was going to do before he left because um, there's even that whole conversation of like, don't do anything stupid, right? Yeah. How could I yeah. do anything stupid? Just saying all stupid with you. Because yeah. Bucky even says before he leaves, he's like, I'm going to miss you, man. Yeah. But is, he's only going to be gone for 10, 10 seconds. seconds. But, but he says, I'm going to miss you. And Bucky knows that he's going to be gone. And that's how Bucky knows to tell Sam, like, hey, go ahead over to the old man sitting on the bench. You see that old guy? He's go to him. He's got. (laughs) He's got some free man. I got some change in my front pocket. Why don't you reach on in there and pull it on out? Popsicles, paper boy. I got some popsicles in my basement. You fat ass back here. He's just like, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing to watch today. I can't find a darn thing to watch on TV. And up next, the Little League, the Little League World Series. Jackpot. <laughs> yeah, so he. So, um, uh, Sam walks over. We find out that the guy sitting on the bench is Old Steve. That's a cool nickname. Old Steve. Old Steve? Yeah. yeah. Old there is, Steve. There is one little thing that bothers me was, or I guess loose end was that, you know, how did he get his shield repaired? 
Cause well, he went back in time. Right. So our, so is it just assuming Stark built him another shield or is that the old shield? From, That's but the again, old shield. But again, this leads into what we're talking about of this now alternate timeline affecting their current timeline, yeah. which shouldn't be affected in just the world like, they set up. In my mind, it was like Thor got his hammer back. Right, because we're assuming that he took it back with him on the because he had the hammer when he went on the platform. Yeah, yeah he dropped it. So off we're back assuming in that he just dropped it off where he oh, right. when it got picked up. Um, but yeah, so again, the new the new sort of shield theory is going back to what Curran was saying about the sort of breaking their own rules of the timelines. Yeah, and that opens up a whole another can of worms that we won't get into. But um, I think the Russos have said that that will affect the MCU going forward cap either staying back in time or how the the affinity stones were returned because you got to think about it this way you can't return the soul stone you can't you cannot return the soul stone so he's mm. he's probably just gonna drop it off on vormir because you can't unkill black widow unless you go back in time oh and that's the other interesting I, thing did I he run a, into red skull on vorm on no because vorm no because red skull would already be free i have a theory but that i read though uh, which I agree with, which Red Skull tells them and tells Thanos, like, a soul for a soul. Basically, that's how you get the soul stone. In my mind, if you return the soul stone, you're able to get a soul back. Mm. Mm. So that, there's, there's a lot of theories. That that's, to, that's the theory I read that I like the most because then Black Widow can come back. As long as Black Widow comes <laughs> back, I'm fine with whatever happens. Yeah. She's going to come back. She has a movie coming out in 2020. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, but then I don't know what like old Steve would do. Like he'd have to send her back to the future like yeah. he yeah. was back in time. So I don't I don't understand, but yeah. I appreciate that one cuz I want her to come back. Steve. Yeah, we'll uh, look Handicap. somebody somebody online is going to do all the science for us. So yeah. you look for that on YouTube. But yeah, the movie comes to an end and Cap finally gets his happy ending. He finally gets that dance that he... I thought that's that was the movie ends. Yeah, at the end of First Avenger. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Just a jazzy... And, um, and you know what? I didn't realize this until I, I, I watched Winter Soldier again like uh, this week. It's the same song that's playing in, in Steve's apartment. Wow, that's the same exact song. Yeah, when uh, he goes to his apartment and Nick Fury's in there. It's yeah. the same exact song. Same music. That. So that's, that's, I guess, maybe some significance to that. God, I love this Damn, movie. people really do their research. Hey. <laughs> so good. I love it. No, no one and I'm fine with that. I'm um, perfectly fine okay, with here's, that. Okay, here's here's my thing. Okay. Though. Here's my. I have a theory about my, that. Too. <laughs> I have a theory about all this too. Oh, jeez, right. uh, fuck me then. Here's my thing. Okay. And no one credits because, like, listen, it's the end of the Infinity Saga, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's now we're going to start a new thing. Like, we're going to start script from scratch. But then also, like, Spider-Man Far From Home is part of this phase. It just doesn't make sense to me because is it really over? I don't know. Like, is it, it, is it really over? If you're going to if you're going to end the phase with another film that takes place after Endgame, it doesn't make sense to me that there would be, like, this would be the final chapter. Uh, not really. We I mean, still have I one think more. They're gonna give something away in Spider-Man. Yeah, I think so they're too. They're gonna give a hint. Yeah, they have to. Far from Home picks up immediately after this movie, and they said, like they said, um, when the trailer drops, um, there's gonna be spoilers attached to it because there are a lot of things in Endgame and Infinity War that are gonna be addressed in that movie. You know, specifically Peter being dead, his friends possibly all have been, you know, wiped out by the snap and all mm. that other stuff. So that's why um, they're kind of withholding a lot of that information until this movie's kind of in the spoiler-free zone, if you will. Got it. I think this is like a brilliant marketing scheme by them. Because us not giving in credits at the end of this movie is going to drive everyone to go see Homecoming just to see... Not Homecoming. Far From Home. Yeah. 
just to see if there is anything hinting at what's to come because we have so many unanswered questions that we need addressed. Yeah. Like, okay, how is uh, Black Widow coming back? Is there any going to be anything talked about Cap? Uh, what about Iron Man? Is anything going to go on with him? Is he really dead, dead, or is he like the future of the yeah. MCU is going to drive everyone to go see Spider Man? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, concerning Spider Man, like I haven't found anything on the web, so. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I, I, I feel I like the pen. I can't mark you down for a pun. Oh, I'm idea, sorry. Idea, idea. I, I don't care about the score. Um, I don't do it for the. I don't do it for the score. I do it for the people. Yeah, but we did get a little something at the end of all the uh, credits. A little noise. Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of oh, again very. That. The last yeah. thing you hear is we got like the end credits with like all their signatures and stuff and people. Oh yeah, they're crazy super crazy. That was that. dope. Love but, it. But um, at the very end, after it's all said and done, you hear the uh, hammer clanking. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Iron the original Man when he's Iron building Man, right? his first suit in the cave. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a new Iron Man. Mmm. It's Morgan hard at work on her next set of arms. Yeah. So, oh, you know, um, Sweet baby angel. yeah. So before we knock it out, one more thing does happen. Thor hands over the keys of the kingdom to Valkyrie. She's mm. the queen of Asgard. Now he goes off with guardians of the galaxy, joins Peter Quill. Do we know who's in charge? Who knows? Who knows? But I, I hope Thor is in guardians three. I hope he's in guardians three. So I read that there's like, there's a comic series, um, as guardians of the galaxy. So we think that's where it's going to pick up, or? I hope so. Because that seems like a cool way to take this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I've never heard can't of that. Wait. I didn't either until this, because um, number one, Asgardians of the Galaxy is like great. Like, <laughs> the name is great. Marketing but, genius. Yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't either until this movie came out, and then the, that's kind of the direction that they think they, they might go. That'd be pretty cool, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really liked when Thor met up with the Guardians in Infinity War. Like, I just I yeah, liked that, I like that part a lot. It was a cool dynamic. I yeah, and considering the humor from Ragnarok, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it only makes they sense. Fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, although Ragnarok's funnier than Guardians, so I'm right? Just say comedically, that. they're the same. It's but I mean, not the same, but on equal levels. Yeah. Ragnarok's they're comedy the same. is through the roof. Okay. All right, okay. I, I think it's okay. just better done. Okay, fair. That's just me. I, I mean, I love I love Guardians, but Ragnarok is no, just that's fine. You better. Don't explain yourself comedically. I must explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're done with Endgame. Fucking finally. So we're done with Endgame. You know, spoilers. I mean, look, if you got to this part already, you know what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, if you're here, there are no more spoilers. They're yeah. already you've already heard them all. So let's move on to uh, our new top five overall MCU rankings. Now that Endgame has come out, we've got another movie. We're at 22 now. Our rankings may have changed. So we're going to give you guys our top five MCU rankings regardless of phase. So, Bling, take it away with your top five worst to first. Okay, from worst to first, I'm going to have to go with Endgame for number five, Iron Man for four, Avengers 3, Winter Soldier 2, and Infinity War still number one. Okay. Dominic, what about you? Black Panther number five, Civil War number four, Infinity War number three, Winter Soldier number two, and Game One. All right. Justin, how about you? Uh, This really hurts me, but I'm going to have to knock Spider Man out of my top five. I'm going to go with Endgame number five. Uh, Ragnarok number four, Infinity War for three, Civil War for number two, and the classic original Iron Man for number one. 
Oh. You're, of all time, number one? It started it all off for me, man, and that movie still holds solid. Okay, I got you. It, like, it began a whole everything. Okay. Uh, my new top five uh, is different than my old top five. Um, Black Panther moved down to number five um, because Endgame made me love Infinity War a lot more. So number five is Black Panther. Number four is Infinity War. Number three is Civil War. Number two is Winter Soldier. And my number one MCU movie of all time is Avengers Endgame. Wow. All Jason. Right. Uh, my, my list differs a tad from that. Um, so... I'm looking at this. I'm still not solidified in it, but I'm just going to give it to you anyway. So number five is Ragnarok. Number four is Endgame. Uh, three, Infinity War. Two is the original Iron Man. And then one is Winter Soldier still for me. All right. My best mugs impersonation. That'd be tough. I don't even know how I'd impersonate that guy. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you, I, don't, I, 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 I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. How do I do it? <laughs> Whoa, he's here. Okay, okay. Let me paint a picture for you real quick. Let me paint a picture for you real quick. Okay, so, Iconic. Yeah. Oh, hi, man. I was looking over these for a long time, guys, and uh, I was trying really hard. Just, just, just listen real quick. Listen real quick. Uh, so number five, just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Number five. I know we're going to say it already, but number five. Winter Soldier. Number four, I know you guys didn't say something about this. I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Infinity War. <laughs> Number three, Kerwin, stop looking at me like that. Kerwin, <laughs> Endgame, Civil War, and then, you guessed it, Avengers. That's his number one? It's not Rocky. Is that, wor- is that worst to first or just? That's, that's worst to first. Really? Wait, can you say them again? Okay, so I asked him to clear, clarify this before he went to bed. Number five, again, I, I read this correctly. Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Endgame, Civil War, and the number one, the original Avengers. That's crazy. Oh. That's the exact reverse of his top five last time, which is I, weird. Okay. <laughs> no, but I, I got you. I got you. He I got sent you. this to me. I asked him, hey, are you sure this is, this is it? And number he's like, one is number one. Yeah. And okay. Like, well, he did, he did go say go that Avengers got him back into all this, didn't he? No, he said Infinity War got he him back Infinity into it. He said Infinity War got him back into it. So that's hey, why I was, I was surprised. Jason, he was half asleep. You, you got to reverse that shit. <laughs> I, maybe this maybe is it's reversed. Maybe this is reversed. Maybe this is number five. Okay. And well, Avengers is number five. Okay. Well, just in case Mugga got this all fucked up, his number five might be Avengers. Number four might be Civil War. Number three might be Endgame. Number two might be Infinity War. And number one might be Winter Soldier. We'll never know. He's sleep. So <laughs> he is sleep. Yeah. Hey, that was a good Mugs impersonation. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Thank it was, you. It was amazing. And TJ, what's your new top five? All right. So my top five differs a little bit. But in fifth place, I have Black Panther. Uh, Then I have Thor Ragnarok. Third place is Captain America Civil War. Second place, Avengers Endgame. And first place, uh, Infinity War. Nice. So Infinity War is there across the board. And I think Endgame is too for everybody. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's in everybody's top five. Uh, But Tom Cruise is in everybody's top five. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. TJ. Yeah. Who in Endgame, only Endgame, would Tom Cruise play? Okay, so I did think about this. In Endgame, I think Tom Cruise would play like one of the, um, like in the flashback scene. Uh, You know the woman in the elevator that like spots uh, Captain America and Iron Man and is like, oh, one of them has a hippie beard? Mm -hmm. That could be Tom Cruise. Okay, I'm down with that. Just a quick quick cameo, get it over with, move on. All right, Muggs, how about you? All right, guys, just hear me out right now. Just hear me out. I, I can't. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. 
I'm going to mug some impression right now. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know what he would say, man. Uh, Tom Cruise would be anyone. He loves Tom Cruise, so... Tom Cruise Captain Tom Cruise America. could be Captain America's ass <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> and then and then Tom Cruise you would fight himself because you know like kind of like Oblivion there's multiple Tom Cruises oh. Cap, two Captain Americas in this just two asses fighting two asses each. there you go <laughs> and Jason how about you alright for me oh man who would Tom Cruise be um man that's tough dude uh I want to say Captain America myself as well but uh what if Tom Cruise played that kid from Iron Man? I was saying that. Or, at the or maybe, maybe, maybe you could play like a fat Thor. He might be able to do a fat Thor. <laughs> oh yeah, Tropic Thunder status. Tropic Thunder. Tropic yeah. Thunder. I, I always go back to that because he could do something kind of out of the box. So I'll, I'll go with fat Thor. Okay. Um, shit. I don't know. Kerwin. Who can Tom Cruise play? <sighs> Thor's mom? I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, how's your sex life? <laughs> Tom Cruise. I would say Tom Cruise. Maybe young Hank Pym in the sixties, maybe or seventies. Okay. Or or okay. he could he could take the Stanley cameo. As much as I love Stanley, R.I.P. I think this might have been the worst cameo in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So he could have just been the guy saying "Make love, not war." Yeah. But yeah, uh, Justin, what about you? Uh, I was thinking about this. I think it could be fun to see Tom Cruise play Bucky's role, just because the long hair, let him do something different, something fun. So, uh, well, what the hell? Let's see him as Bucky. All right. Bling, what about you? So, everybody had like a good role in this film. I don't want to take anybody's uh, role away from them. So, I'm going to give it to Jarvis in the 70s. Oh, okay. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. All right. Dominic, what about you? Uh, be the, the Yakuza that Ronin kills. Oh, okay. Yeah. He could be the guy. Last Samurai. He's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a Yakuza, actually. <laughs> All right. That's there you cool. go. All right, so uh, that that concludes our Marvel recap. We're not going to touch Spider-Man Far From Home unless we do reviews for these movies in the future. But we hope you enjoyed listening to all the stuff we had to say about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you haven't seen all of them, definitely go back. You'll definitely appreciate Endgame a whole lot more. And uh, in the words of Iron Man, We, we love, love you 3000. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we can't do that. That's <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's 2-0, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening. <laughs>